What up? This is Chris Army, the Inside Bud Podcast. I want to thank Mount Olympus Gardens. Uh, I want to thank all the great people in the cannabis industry who support this. Drop Nugs, Not Nukes, Michael Parker, just all these great folks. Um, So I'm here today with one of my absolute favorite Spokane comics, uh, newer to the scene, picking up on it real quick. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, uh, sure, I guess. Uh, we could go through the whole thing and just never say my name. Uh, that'd be good. <laughs> no. Well, Zach Lyman, apparently people made it like 10 minutes into the podcast without really he was a comic. <laughs> That's great. Uh, my, my name is Mike Thomas, and I, uh, I don't know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fairly new to it, but I'm really having a good time. Uh, I love the community here. The community is very supportive of, of localism. Yep. I've never bumped into somebody that, was, that wasn't willing to give like a piece of advice or... Uh, I, I've never seen somebody talk down to each other. You know, everybody's really supportive, and it's, that's cool. It's hilarious hearing you say that. A year ago, dude, people like new people were constantly upset they couldn't get feedback, um, and that like older comics were just constantly being rude to them or ignoring them. That's part of how me and James May got tight. Was he was just really nice to me. I, I wonder if that's a reflection on the comics, the, the like the established comics here that have changed. Or just the uh, sensitivity of the new folks getting into it, you know? True. <laughs> just, yeah, uh, like um, it, it, you'd have to be pretty disrespectful to me for me to for me to let it beat me down. You know what I mean? Um, well, I don't want yeah. someone who has a lot of potential to quit. Right. That's that's really true. Uh, one of the one of the things that uh, so I did the, I did my first run of two two years ago now. Um, and it was it was fun, but when I bombed, I didn't have a lot of friends to support me, so it kind of threw me off for a little while. You know, yeah. I hadn't really broke into the scene yet, and people didn't know who I was. I was maybe like three open mics into it, and I was like, "Oh man," <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I can I can feel that, yeah. So, what are your comedic inspirations? Who do you draw from? Uh, I, you know, I love that question because a lot of people when they when they're asked that question, they'll talk about like. Richard Pryor or George Carlin, uh, and maybe it's cliche, but I really love a lot of Lenny Bruce's wow, material. Oh. Lenny Nobody Bruce, said that so far. yeah, Lenny Bruce was that that pioneer. You know, um, he's the reason you can drop f bombs on stage, and yeah. he he took all the arrests for that. You know, uh, and at its core, comedy is you know that freedom of speech. And you'll hear people say it's your responsibility to talk about. Well, no, it's not your responsibility to do anything. It's 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 you know you're just sharing what you see in this world through your eyes in a different way you know yeah not everybody else gets yeah I totally agree I think in a lot of ways comedy drives culture yeah we're at the cutting edge of it we you're afraid of it and then we get you to, if someone can get you to laugh at it then it can change right and it's 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 a reflection of society I I feel like where we're at like t- uh, ten years ago uh, there was this golden time I feel like where people weren't as sensitive as they are today and Mm -hmm. I'm not the guy to make fun of safe spaces because that's important you know I mean sure I'll make a pun about it every now and then but at the core of it that's really important being able to be who you are and that's what comedy lets you do you know if you have a microphone in your hand suddenly uh, even if it doesn't go over very well you can pretty much say whatever you want and people accept it I've never Uh, heard a crowd boo in Spokane never never Yeah. yeah 
It's a polite. Well, they're always high, right? Uh, (laughs) That's what Daniel Sloss, when he came to town, that was the first thing he said. He's like, every car that drives by, I get a contact high. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And now it's those Lime scooters, right? Dude, I can't. I thought those were gone forever, and now they're back. They're great. I uh, I rode my very first one the other day. I, I had a friend that was doing some stuff at the comedy club, and. He uh, needed a little bit of party favors and didn't have time to get down and back, so I jumped on a lime scooter. It took me three minutes, dude. Dude, it those things are great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love... We're just trying to make positive change. People make fun of the safe spaces thing, and I think there's an important both sides thing to look at there. Right. Uh, people are sensitive, sure, but I also think it shows kind of a cultural awakening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't want to tell a joke that would hurt like a bunch of people's feelings. Yeah. There are people who are overly sensitive. I have a joke where I mentioned Japanese, a, a dog named Godzilla attacking Japanese exchange <laughs> yeah, students. Yeah. And someone got mad at me once for that. And well, forget them. It's, if that yeah. hurts your feelings, you yeah. are way too sensitive. Right. And why are you at a comedy club? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I, the, the one joke that I've told that I've always been a little nervous about, cause you don't see, you don't see me on the first or second row. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one joke that I tell is the laundry soap joke. Right. I see a lot of racism everywhere. It's even snuck its way into my house in the laundry room. There was Clorox bleach for colors, right? <laughs> and it, it usually gets a little chuckle. And yeah. uh, I tell that joke be as kind of a reflection of the the level level of where we're at. Like I'm nervous with that joke sometimes and it's harmless. I'm mm-hmm. t- you know, it, it, it's it's harmless, but some people you know, and the the thing is, although I don't care about their feelings, I want to be sensitive to their feelings because I would hate for somebody to make me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and I guess don't care is the wrong way to say that. Um I just want to if you want to have a conversation about something that offended you, I think that there's a a time and place for that because yeah. it's it's a uh... empathy is important but also we shouldn't tailor ourselves exactly much. that's that's exactly what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but we were just getting into it before the podcast and we had to stop ourselves because i want you to talk about that on here uh let's talk comedy history oh yeah um i am fascinated particularly with the i guess we could pause uh, comedy, one of the things I really like about it is it is very much American, right? And, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, it, you know, it's rooted in vaudeville-style comedy, right? But uh, somewhere along the line, it changed. It's mm-hmm. not so slapstick. Uh, and you see that kind of reflected in the who's on first bit, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the the part that really fascinates me is when the Johnny Carson show moved from... New York to LA and that is the I mean that gave way for for all of our greats all of the big ones anybody that has a, uh, a television show like a late night show Jay Leno uh, yeah I'm in a space his name right now uh, because I like Jay Leno a little bit more personally but really uh, Conan yeah. uh, no 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 um, Larry not Le- Larry Dar- Dar- David David Letterman David Letterman there we you go you like Leno more than Letterman I do mm. uh, and uh, when you know the history behind that Letterman got screwed Letterman Letterman got screwed on that one uh, he should have he should have had the Tonight Show after Johnny Carson personal personal opinion um, but yeah uh, I'm gonna like, email Letterman. <laughs> Uh, I can have a preference, but still acknowledge when somebody was kind of 
taken out of seat and unjustly. I it it should have been his. He worked for it, and Leno at the time, Jay Leno was uh, you know he was just another just another guy, uh, just like Letterman, um, and they were working uh, the Comedy Store. Um, that's where they got their start, right? With Mitzi Shore. She, mm. uh, she found herself in an opportunity when her husband was gone for a while. Uh, he took, she took over his bar and turned, she painted the whole thing black. And when he came back, he didn't recognize the room, but the, she was making money hand over fist. Uh, and all of the people that we talk about today, uh, they were either inspired by or... They were. They take some sort of piece of that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, not maybe not in their act, but in the the way they view and and, and see the things that they write about. You know. Um, yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm a little distracted. Oh no, you're that. fine. Um, um, tell me more. So Mitzi Shore. I mean, who are the big hard people? Uh, <laughs> we're live. Uh, this is Chris Army, and you're listening to Inside Bud. You can find Inside Bud on InsideBud.com, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, CastBox, um, Spotify, probably a few other places I can't remember. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Mount Olympus Gardens. Thanks to the folks over at Drop Nugs Not Nukes. This episode, I will not be eating um, Doritos really loudly. <laughs> Because that bag, I'm sorry to everyone listening, I was so stoned last episode, I did a CBD dab, and I was so stoned that I got a full-sized, I got a can of beans that I couldn't open because I don't have a can opener, and then I got a can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup, and I drank it cold. (laughs) Just cracked it open and started chugging cold, uncooked chicken noodle soup, and then I found the bag of Doritos, and you guys had to hear all of that during a perfectly fine podcast. What a dick. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So um, we're getting this one rolling. As is tradition, my guest will introduce themselves. Go ahead. Oh, I am Nikki, and... I'm not going to give out my last name because I'm not that person. Color. That's a problem. Uh, <laughs> such a problem. Stalkers. Make assumptions. Yes. Dude, I feel so lucky that every day I don't walk around like concerned about creeps. Uh, it only happens when I switch my Tinder to allowing male <laughs> matches. That's the only time. Gay Tinder is it's it's a good, there's good people on gay Tinder. Um, powerful people. Seriously. I'm, I can definitely say I've not been on Tinder in at least two years. It's just not. I'm. This is not my place. <laughs> not a lot of, all of us are just on a nonstop yeah, cock trail. <laughs> very true. <laughs> I mean, and it's not just cock that throws itself at you. Your cup I mean, overflows. Apparently, I am one of those who attracts both. One and, of those beautiful people. I know they're the fucking worst. I mean, yeah, we kind of <laughs> suck. But we're kind of awesome at the same time. No, it's, I mean... Certain ones. <laughs> okay, only me. There's, you're the only cool one, actually. You're the only cool one. Um, no, I, you know what, actually, that's, have you ever seen that TV show, Steven Universe? I have, like, one time. Not okay. even a lie. There's a cool group of kids. 
and you expect them to be jerks, like the classic cool kid trope. Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, they're actually just cool kids because they're cool kids. They're just they're chill, they're cool you know. With everyone. They're yeah, they're not mad at you. Like they don't make fun of you or anything. So like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> All right, bye. Um, <laughs> but they're never jerks or anything. They're actually just they have a good time. They're pretty emotionally healthy, and I just dig how that show portrays that. Instead of bringing up the negativity that comes with actual school. Yeah, the stereotypes, too, <laughs> yeah. what people expect. Yeah, I mean, you watch these shows, and there you go. You get what you watch in your schools. If your kids are watching Mean Girls, they're going to click up. They're going to create that stupid little group. <laughs> I love Mean Girls. Dude, that's such a good so movie. <laughs> I, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> is butter a carb? <laughs> like something with no sugar. No carbs. Uh, water? <laughs> oh, fuck, man. I'm hungry. We need to order some wings. This well, might be the first episode I do that. <laughs> at least it's not chips. No, dude. Those are so loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure this mic picks up everything. Yeah. Don't see, Don't even scratch your butt if you're in here because people will hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we had things we planned on talking about. Yeah. Um, actually, just so you know, according to comedian Gary Goldman, uh, the two funniest sounds you can make are puh and buh. Everybody know puh and buh. Yeah, <laughs> puh and like buh. pussy and butt. Oh, But he's perfect. just saying any words with those, like Buick like, is funnier, Pontiac puh is funnier. And buh. Yeah. So butter, as you said before. Butter. <laughs> butter. <laughs> yeah, that's a satisfying word. <laughs> butter. Uh, this show we're gonna do some pussy some butter. sounds. <laughs> butter. Oh shit! Yeah, you're gonna narrate. <laughs> remember, remember, I can I can do these voices. Uh, Should I say an accent like this and say butter? Oh, <laughs> is <it> like man. that. <laughs> wow, that is good. We need to go through. We should do an impression battle. Oh. That would be a blast. I would, I would have fun. I need to study my your accents, my accents, because I definitely do Australian and British and other things together at times. Dude, I've never <laughs> met another like accent impression aficionado. All my friends like I said, know. I spend a lot of time by myself. <laughs> Is that what? It, that's why people always think I'm an only and child. You actually pay attention to things. You're like, oh, that person over there, they've got a like good accent. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> nice though, but can you do like upscale, like where's the pussy butter? <laughs> where's the bloody where's the bloody butter? <laughs> can I get the butter? <laughs> Give me the boner. Give me the D boner. <laughs> Emily, you didn't refill the butter. <laughs> <laughs> Frickin' British people. God they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, alright, wait. Oh, honestly, what? No. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. You really sink right into that. You just disappear into it. I don't even know who I'm sitting across from anymore. I've convinced people before that I really got an accent that I was from Ireland or God knows where. <laughs> you know? It really makes no sense to be, you know, this colour. <laughs> oh, be it's better. I was that. just about to say, that's actually extra beautiful. Like, like uh, someone who's who's from France, like I mean, I'm just gonna be up real about this. Like a hand, like Tay Diggs speaking fluent French is very hot. One hundred percent. 
Dude, I have a joke about <laughs> I have a joke about how my parents did a pretty good job, but I feel like I would have been way better off if I was raised by two gay black guys. Like Tay Diggs and Adris Elba. No one could parent better than those two. This is getting <laughs> real interesting, you guys. <laughs> I, I say this on stage. I love it. <laughs> I say that on stage. I'm There's gonna... nothing wrong with that. I believe you might have been like one tick more of a beautiful person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have you um, narrate my autobiography. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, there's any voices you want, but it's <laughs> something about weird stuff. So sure. I was a so I was a four, an awkward 14 year old boy on the wrestling team. <laughs> but your voice, I'm gonna actually write some stuff for you. Talk to the mic for a second. I want you to practice rehearse for my autobiography. Um. Did you already shout out Olympus? I did, but go ahead and give them more. Um, so, from Olympus today, we have Pan's Blueberry Wine, Indica, 90, 10. Just speak it in, like, a Siri voice. <laughs> Put some love into it. From Olympus, <laughs> Olympus Gardens, Zeus, OG, Indica, 70, 30. <laughs> And then we've got Athens Cookies, <laughs> Indica, seventy thirty, and another Ambrosia Berries. It's also an Indica. I don't smoke Indica very often. It puts me to sleep. Hera's Chocolate. I like chocolate, but it makes me sick sometimes. <laughs> Hybrid 50-50. That one's not too bad. <clears throat> I don't want to... I just noticed all the genetics on it. It's quite nice, I might say. <laughs> and then we've got Calypso's Cookies. All right, I got you. Hybrid Thank you, everybody, 50-50. for your patience. <laughs> you look at it a second. No, try not to read ahead at all. It's just this part... Um, but I want you to narrate my auto... Oh, you're eating this. You have a Reese's in your mouth. You're narrating an autobiography. It's my autobiography. Any voices, whatever. Um, but people are going to listen to this and hear, like, what's the Chris Armitage story? And you're going to tell it. I'm going to also be weird and eat the bottom of it. Right there. I'm, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little stoned, so... Um, <laughs> I wish you had more. Sometimes I forget my voices. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. I'm just. I'm just trying to be a coarse light of a man. Um. And you know, God hates the gays, but um, do you want to go bow hunting this weekend, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I Dave, mean, that sounds gonna- fun. Don't that sound fun? Dave, I just admire your strong, manly, hairy, musky (laughs) fortitude. There's only one bunk at my cabin. Are you okay with sharing it? (laughs) Well, I mean, when you say it so aggressively, I'm a little hesitant now. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm the man in this situation. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to be bottoming for you, so you better just get over it. But... (laughs) I'm sorry. 
Dave, it was a metaphor. I wasn't trying to trick you <laughs> in having gay sex. I was just trying to be sly about it. Well, as I said, <laughs> you was a little aggressive about it. That therefore, that I, therefore. Think, I think I done come to the conclusion that <laughs> you wanted to have gay sex. It, and I... And I sure was confused. Leviticus 4.12. And Jesus said, as he lieth with a man, he should more aggressively lieth with another man. I think the preacher said, come lieth with a man, though. <laughs> <laughs> to the little boy. <laughs> um, hey, did you I'm not... <laughs> Oh god, I can't remember. Saturday Night Live had like the best like priest pedophile joke about like it was so good. <laughs> it was so I good. I can't. I can't. Dude, it was about like I'm not gonna lie, but I can only partially read your hand. Oh no, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I got um, boy. New. The best I could do uh, is, is like whisper it to you in an on weird way. Can you? Can we do that? I'll read you off the script. <laughs> yeah. Right, I got you. You hang where you are. All right. As an awkward 14 year old boy named Christopher. As an awkward 14 year old boy named Christopher. I knew I was awesome. I knew I was awesome. Me and the other guys had cool guy parties. Me and the other guys had cool guy parties. Where we would watch our HBO and flick our man beans at the same time. At the same time? (laughs) Damn. At the darn same time. It was a good time. I'll tell you, man, it's not gay if everybody does it. That's what we say at the orgy, right? Right? Isn't that how Brokeback Mountain was made? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a fun little one. You better type things out that you want me to read. You like flick? Oh, I need a typewriter. I need to typewrite it next time. That's a cool sound on the mic. Mm. Let me see if I. I hope I have it here. I'll talk to them first. Oh no, I forgot it. I'll just eat Reese's for you. Yeah. You ever watch professional wrestling? <laughs> yes. Dude. It's so funny. All right, look away. Look away. Oh man. You're gonna he's, describe to everybody. He's doing gangster he's things over, over there. Wait, what? Wait, like you want me to close my eyes and? Yo, dude, look, look, check it. Okay, I got I'm this scared. in eighth grade. Oh my gosh! Yeah. He's like, not Joe. Uh, <laughs> door mask. It is the most blue sky yeah. blue, but it's shiny leather. <laughs> Pleather, I believe. Either way, <laughs> you know how it's got to be a little stretchy. With Continue the red talking. and white cross in the center, with the red diamond in the middle, uh. <laughs> and the eyes are as if he has the most on fleek cat eye <laughs> eyeliner on ever. Thanks. Uh. With the wings that come from his mouth, as if he'd be flying off the handle with that mouth. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my goodness! I love that thing. I've had it for like 12 years, dude. Nice Aztec symbol on the back. Is that what that is? Well, the, the guy, uh, it's from a specific wrestler named Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah. And I was I'm pretty sure it stuff. was, you know, that looks Aztec to me if I ever saw it. Okay, right. we're 15 minutes know, deep. Shit. You're an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. 
<laughs> well, I can talk about the fact that I cannot paint the way I genuinely love painting without marijuana. Mm-hmm. And specifically sativas, like they definitely set me in the mood. They get me creatively in my mind and colors and things. I mean, not often do I even have an idea of what I'm painting. I pretty much just put colors on the canvas and just start going at it. And I've seen it your work. It's very something. beautiful. Have you? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was all Thank over you. the internet. They get on Google it. people before they come here. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so I've been... I played a lot of sports, did a lot of education stuff. I was supposed to go to great colleges. I, you know, I could have went to West Point. But that was not ever what I really wanted to do. Those were things to get me off the reservation. No offense to that. I love my people, but it wasn't somewhere I found myself personally progressing. But from a very young age, I used to get in trouble all the time for stealing my sister's nail polish and, like, drawing things on the back of the dresser, hiding it from my mom, like, painting, you know? And then she finally started finding these things when she'd clean our room. And she'd be like, why are you drawing on everything? And she's like, she's like, you know what? Never mind. Just started buying me really simple, like, Walmart kid paint sets, you know, with acrylics and pastels, which... Had a ter- terrible texture issue with pastels. <laughs> it's a gross feeling on your hands. So I just I knew that I loved doing that. I did AP art through high school. I did very well in that class, and that's where I was progressive. Like I was always excelling, and I wasn't boarded by my art class whatsoever. Which most people aren't, but I genuinely like put 100% into that class. <laughs> I would hope I got more assignments from art class just so I wouldn't have to do the other ones. <laughs> When you enjoy the subject, you know, it's just easy to throw yourself into it. Yeah. I I think why uh, self-directed learning is so important, you know, we should give more time for kids where it's like this period can be any subject and any part of that subject that you want to study. Yeah. You know, you're into math, but specifically you're digging trigonometry. All right, for this 45-minute period, we're doing trigonometry as much as you want. Yeah, that's what you want to (laughs) do. Well, in some countries, they start sectioning kids off into different specialties. Very Factors, much yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, yeah, they graduate high school with a much more advanced level. Yeah. Um, in, 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 or in Italy, uh, I believe they do placement exams in fifth grade to have you specialize in math or science or, or writing. Whatever you're... You know. Well, it's not what you want either, though. It's what you're proficient yeah. at. But yeah, yeah, it's whatever you're doing best in, at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the least you can do for the community, so to speak, yeah, in their good at it. idea. Yeah, I think people... I think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't think that's a bad idea, you know, for people to have the option to work towards something they genuinely care about or are just good at. Like, I think that's more important. Are they good at it? Yeah. I mean, you can do... Because you can be happy doing something you're genuinely good at and you get paid because you're good at it, not just paid because you're there and your body on the roster of people that need to be in our company, but you're getting the opportunity to do something you genuinely care about where you're probably going to be more productive the next day when you're not being an asshole because you hate your job. Yeah. People (laughs) hating their jobs is very noticeable. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Did you not like I that? don't want to be that person coughing on Oh, okay on Mike. <laughs> Dude, last podcast I was 
coughing up a storm. I did a CBD dab during the podcast. Oh, fuck yep. Um, but a bunch of vaping. It was wild. But, um, where were we? He's uh, talking about art still. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I see some, I don't know much about like sacred geometry and that kind of stuff, but you have more hard lines at awkward angles yeah. than I see from most people. Um, for me, the the hard lines, they genuinely do symbol something for me. Like, they're, they're, everybody's got a little piece missing somewhere, and we're constantly, constantly always looking for it. So when I came up with that and figured that was kind of my specialty, which I just recently really found out what I wanted to do as far as my art, which was kind of a pivotal moment for me like the negative spaces with the huge pieces in the background that kind of make no sense but they make sense at the same time like there's a lot of people who enjoy it and then sometimes I do crazy abstract that even I have no idea (laughs) what the hell is going on like I have this piece on there that's it's kind of orange and yellow and green And I was having a little bit of like an odd day. Like I wasn't upset or pissed off or anything or super happy. I was just like, whatever, let's just paint. And so I just started putting dots of color on the canvas and splotching them around. And then I posted it and someone was like, I want the cactus. And I'm like, what fucking cactus are you talking about? (laughs) And finding that so many people just enjoyed kind of naming pieces for themselves. You know, and I liked seeing that, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing whatever comes into my head. And sometimes I'll have weird dreams about what I want to paint, like literally sitting at my canvas. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> literally sitting at my canvas, just like, oh man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint this. I saw this weird, creepy thing in my dream, so I'm going to paint it. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my paintings never Did get out there. Want? Every once in a while, you know, yeah. but most of the time it's just I'll sit there and stare at a blank white canvas for a good 20-30 minutes before I even decide to put a color on it or I'll sit there and look at my colors for about the same amount of time. Do you ever have any recurring dreams? I do have this one weird recurring dream from when I was a kid even that I still get today and there's only two parts that I remember about it and there's a door in a tree and then there's some like weird black figure sitting in a tree behind me and I just look at them both several times and always wake up that was the only part of the dream I could ever freaking remember and yeah that's the only dream reoccurring one I've ever had mm-hmm. and I still don't 20 almost 27 years old and I still don't understand what it means yeah <laughs> I've never chose a side <laughs> all these years uh, I I like that I like that a lot um, I kind of take pride in the ability to not worry about it that yeah, I feel like not yeah. dreaming is kind of an okay thing well even sometimes. more than not dreaming um, not knowing what something means like there's a lot of things in this universe that we just don't have enough information to decide how we feel about it, really. Arbitrary. I like being hopeful. Yeah. And not knowing. Well, I feel if, like if I knew everything, I'd probably be a very miserable person. I think it's easier to... I think it's better 
not easier. I think it's better to be um, optimistic even when it's unrealistic than... Like unicorns still exist. Yeah. You'll get shot down, but if you can persist under those conditions, if you can endure, um, you'll achieve more. But also understanding the universe. There's just... I try to have myself say as often as possible, it's unknowable. You cannot know the answer. Even with the things that, as like my family coming from medicine people and being so tight knit with my culture growing up and still believing in it so much today, there's just things I still don't know. Even with the crazy things I feel I have experienced or seen or been through traditionally or just through my culture, that I'm like, I don't really want to know. <laughs> I'm okay with not knowing that side. Like I feel like that's something I'm going to figure out eventually, and I'm not going to want to know it when I know it. Yeah. And I'm okay with that for now, not knowing at all. Because it keeps me just, you know, treading the water, making sure I don't go too far. <laughs> don't take things, you know, I have to take things a little serious sometimes, mm. not be so reckless. Like it's just that little reminder. <laughs> Careening through life can be pretty fun, though. Just Sometimes. like running down a hill and just not even saying screw. Well, I mean, ass. that's how I feel. Like I just want to experience the day. Like I don't worry about my past half the time. Like I grew up with the craziest bunch of fucking cousins, aunties, uncles, and well, tell our listeners a little bit about where you come from. Where you come from. <laughs> I grew up on the Spokane Indian Reservation, Welpnet, Washington, a.k.a. Bumfuck Nowhere. Uh, <laughs> nobody really knows how to get there or where it is, and that's honestly the best part of going home to your culture. I'm Native American. I spent my whole life there. From the time I was little, I graduated from there, 12-year veteran, got a whole blanket and cool pin for my letter about it and everything but I literally started Head Start there remember everybody well, mostly everybody I went to school with or had in my class uh, there was like 83 high schoolers in my whole school like freshmen to seniors that was it <laughs> the elementary kids had more students than we did and <clears throat> my mom worked in my school in my whole life so I never got in trouble never got kicked out because I knew I was gonna get my ass beat way worse when I got home if I got in trouble like that I played sports I was just a rough ass little country kid we had horses like 12 horses at one point we helped break them you know to sell to other people that was our part of our family's income my mom also worked at the school. At one point, she ran an in-home daycare. <sighs> she put all of us kids to work. <laughs> we yeah. were a very well-oiled machine of a family, so. Mm-hmm. But it was rough at the same time. Like So many fucking kids and mouths to feed, and she adopted four children, so there was eight of us. It was like she, I don't know, she had her own little tribe. <laughs> yeah. She was a badass single mom for most of the time. 
And, yeah, with that many kids. I still don't know how she fucking did it. <laughs> I love you, Mom. If you ever listen to this. You sound like Tupac right now. Or, like, <laughs> most rappers. Big Shaw. and like, thanks, Mom. You took care of all of us. There were three dozen of your children. You worked five part-time jobs and still raised us. Feeling. It doesn't matter if you're small-time <laughs> or big-time. Everybody has a similar story, for sure. We all feel that way about our moms. Like... Yeah. I mean, and you all feel about that way about your dads, though, if your mom's not there. Like, there's always that one person. Not a lot of single on. fathers out there. Yeah. Who have full custody. Yeah. It's it's crazy, but, I mean, I give it out to those. Like, for instance, my, my uncle, he's got three children all by himself. His wife was never around type of situation. Ugh. He He killed it as a father. He did yeah. a very good job. His kids are fucking crazy, but he did a good job. <laughs> crazy can be good. Sometimes crazy is a great way. asset. Like, those are my cousins, and we're all... Yeah, I think if you're not a little bit crazy, you have no passion for shit. No, if, you know, ordinary people don't... Or ordinary people fit in. Unordinary people don't. But um, if you're ordinary, you're going to achieve ordinary things. Mm-hmm. You have ordinary goals. You gotta be different You're if you AKA want different a outcomes. Basic bitch. Basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rap beat I just uh, made. I love it. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, what was the? Where's your little crazy list? Let me see that thing. Oh, the list. Yeah, I want to see what list? you. Ri- I want to see what? what you write on here. Oh, you mean like my your- my. <laughs> Uh, Notes of life. Dude, I'll grab a diary, man. That's like... <laughs> Read your diary. Yeah, dude, I don't care. That's not even one of my diaries, You know what? Man. I diary like a mofo. Let me see it. Damn it, all this fives are going to try and get it now. Oh, man. The boy's coming to Congress hey, 2020. Hey, uh, I am currently in the process of blackmailing him, so... <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I'm going to tell his tell all secrets here today on his all right. be, okay. I be I'll a be little nice. selective I'll be nice. you can look stuff yeah. be a little selective okay oh that's so, my mind so fancy like I'm going to describe his book to you first uh, of all <laughs> it looks like the bible <laughs> with it is the bible I believe you <laughs> a refurbished bible cover um what does that say fresh yeah, it says fresh. I got that from Erica. I love Erica. She means the world to me. Shout out to Erica. I don't Erica, I love you um, so much. <laughs> I love a lot of people, to be clear. Usually people don't even talk about their wives that way. And I'm just like, Jesse, Erica, John, I love you so much. You're my rock, so complete me. <laughs> oh, man. It was like the total, uh, like... Um, Wayne's World style. <laughs> By the way, that's one of my absolute favorite movies. Wayne's World. Party excellent. Yeah. There's a comedian in town. Oh, I can't tell his joke, though. I don't want to spoil it. But he's got look one. for your dirty stuff in here. Oh, boy. I literally can't even tell you. That's unmit. Like, what you have right there. I share for the sake of transparency with people I think are cool if they request it. But, you know, it doesn't always make me look the best. That is, that is, uh, you know, like, adult honestly, man's mind. I feel like unfiltered. what's more 
intriguing to me are people's notes. Not mm. not even their diary, but there's always some random little shit in there. They're like, oh, man, I need to write this down. Like, uh, you have cheese, bread, and lube on <laughs> your list of things to get from Winco. I don't, I don't know if Winco has lube. You know, they might have a gallon of it, but. <laughs> that's, that's two diaries back. Maybe a oh, year look, ago. Oh, look. Mall Bash. Costco. VA. Schoolwork. Oh, it made that sound so lyrical. Yeah. FOMO and B-Net Wolf Effect. Maybe. You want me to look? Sorry. (laughs) You want me to look? Oh, bring it closer. I can't. FOMO and Network Effect. The Metcalf Effect. Okay, see, I was right. Do you want to know what that is? Yeah, sure. So it's the idea, say you create a social network, um, I don't know, called Cockburk. Cockbook. And, um, <laughs> and, um, you said cock. If, it's really hard to get people to use like another one, like, you know, go from 13% of the population using it to 14%. But there's a point, the Metcalf effect, where you'll go f- like almost immediately from 70% to 99% or, or 60%. Like when you hit 60% versus 59%, all of a sudden almost everyone's using it because it feels like everybody's using it, so you have to get on it. I see. Metcalf effect. <laughs> I can't believe I remember that. It's I just like a, learned it that one time. It's like a mental virus. In a way. I'd say it's more like the weight of um, societal influence. When it reaches its yeah, tipping point that you saying. have to give it's like in. When you see everybody else doing it, it's, just a, it's a big net. Everyone's connected in that odd way. If you're one of those people who are e- you know, easily influenced too. I mean, we're all influenced eventually, yeah. though. Unless yeah, it's the crazy part. You can't, like, if you have a dinosaur flip phone, eventually people are going to be like, why are your text <laughs> messages green? Get an <laughs> iPhone. Like, oh, my God. I, I actually would know. love to make a phone, um, like, app that changes to make it look like the green text T9? phone. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> Old school. Um, God, I want wings right now. What's the Chris... N- Cora? Oh, no. Oh, okay. That's okay. Yeah. Alora. An old friend of mine. Uh, She got married recently, actually. Um, (laughs) Velveeta Survival? I don't It sounds like you're trying to survive off of Velveeta Mac and Cheese. I (laughs) don't recall. Um, It could be in a lot of things. It literally says Velveeta Survival. This is like Charlie's Journal from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, oh my gosh! And then you have you have uh, what's it? Adventure Time characters. Yeah, I love Adventure Time. I like that. I love, love, love. (laughs) I need to get back to journaling more. Um, I haven't made the time for it. It is so worthy of the time. I just I do Calvin and Hobbes doodles, um, Adventure Time doodles. Uh, those are the big ones. I can't remember any others off the top of my head. Bevan is a sad artist poet, big and muscly. <laughs> That's my friend. <laughs> His name's Devin. He's big and muscly and an artist poet. I wouldn't. Just, it was not fair to describe him as sad. I don't know why I wrote that. Okay, He's a so that's happy like guy. it's like. But that's a I, that's a very interesting character to me. Like somebody who's like big. Normally, everyone would mm-hmm. be scared of them. But you're poetic. He has a bald. He has a shaved head, <laughs> and he kind of looks like he could be a white supremacist. He's actually Puerto Rican, but he looks white. 
Um, I believe it. Yeah, it but um, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's going to school for, um, like, I can't remember his degree. Good thing he probably won't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but he writes. He does a lot of poetry and short stories. I wrote a short story of his that I really loved. Um, yeah. And then thereafter, we have Hannah Vampire. Hannah Vampire? I don't even remember what I was talking about there. I guess in the story, I was trying to make a cartoon. Um, but, uh... I want to say that... I'm looking at your diagram. Oh. Oh, no. Venn okay. diagram. But the Venn diagram, the middle what is part... It? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, man. Things... Christopher does when alone. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do this on stage, by the way. Okay, should I hold back? No, do it. Do should it, do I it. hold no, back? Go ahead, okay, go ahead, so go ahead. you know when you put the two circles together that look like your balls squished together? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it says one side and the other side, and then the mutual side. Well, it says school work, and then the other side it says business, and then the center section where the two collide. <laughs> Says masturbate in depression. Those <laughs> are really, really oh, total polar opposites of that. And I get it though. <laughs> like, what else are you gonna do if you're just at home all the all the whole time and you're just trying to figure out ways to make yourself feel better? Well, fuck it. Let's masturbate. See how this goes. You get like a momentary spike of happiness, and then you're like, oh no, it's over. <laughs> oh, my life. That is why the point I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) Napping is great. (laughs) Laying in bed all day is great. Those are both signs of depression. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Questioning your life path. Um, Not losing interest. You know what my favorite hobbies is losing interest in things that used to make me happy. (laughs) I think if you're still masturbating, you haven't lost interest in life. Oh, yeah. No, I've never lost. I feel like that's one to say... You're not going to kill yourself anytime soon. That was during soon. a tough not time. Not to joke about it. Everyone goes through tough times. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I knew there's there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you just don't feel great. You still got to perform in life. Yeah, I'm not going to read that one because I can't read that one. Oh, the same <laughs> Oh, boy. You found a period where I was doing a lot of charts and graphs. So previously a Venn diagram, there's a bar graph. Um... Uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a haiku somewhere, if you can find it. There's one here I found after your frequency, um, the little diagram over here. A lot, much, how often, a little, school, something. Oh, man. so I should mention when I was doing, like, early in this diary, it, I wasn't writing a lot. It was uh, while I was finishing my master's degree. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, I was doing a lot. I was in the final semester of my Master's of Science in Homeland Security. Um, And it was not easy. And not even because the work was harder. It wasn't. I just was so ready to be done with school. I feel like this is where you were so ready to be done with school. Let me just Uh, read it. (laughs) It says, we live in a society where mediocrity is often rewarded. (laughs) That's like that 
participation award. Yeah. That you're yeah. like, that's bullshit. Yeah. You still suck, Diana. Diana, <laughs> you suck. You might be pretty, but you still suck. Oh, damn, going in on Diana. <laughs> Nobody tell her. Oh, There's no snap. Diana. There's no Diana. <laughs> you know who you are, Diana. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> We're coming for you, Diana. And then thereafter it says, detest mediocrity. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you actually feel about that now? If I didn't work as hard as I could, as often as I could, I couldn't live with myself. Uh, it's, I am not going to leave life having anything left in the tank or knowing I could have given more than I did. Boom. Mic drop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna, you keep talking. I'm going to use the restroom real quick. As he walks away, I'm reading one more. It says, embrace the suffering. (laughs) I feel that. Um, As he's going to use the loo, uh, I think everyone kind of goes through their own type of suffering, and no suffering is less or more than the other. But everyone experiences their suffering different. Like, hmm. loss, for instance. Loss is one moment where it's very bittersweet. You're happy that someone may not be hurting anymore, that they've moved on, they may be in a better place, so to speak. But it sucks they're gone. Yeah, it sucks they're gone. Yeah, I was talking about embracing the suffering and like for loss, or like loss, for instance. Just, yep. There's probably more interesting things in there. Yeah, it just, it cracks me up because then you go, fucker, with a, like, an exclamation point right after that. (laughs) He's like, fucker. (laughs) And then it says (laughs) self-talk. I don't know what I was getting at there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are all big words. I mean, like, literally you just wrote big for, like, the next five pages. (laughs) Uh, I would describe my diaries and journals as uh, a battle or a series of I negotiations. I honestly should never read this because, okay, the coolest parts to me are your doodles. Yeah, those are my favorites too. <laughs> uh, the, the coffee may be overpriced, but here it is easier to be nobody, and sometimes that's a relief. If I'm significant, then so are my problems, right? Who knows? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop reading this. Oh, wait, you missed the Calvin and Hobbes one. This one? There were two. There's another one you missed. That was a tough oh. time. I was wrapping up Happiness my Happiness isn't good enough for me. I demand euphoria. And then it's Calvin oh. from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, I think of Hobbes. how he said it now. Happiness isn't good enough for me. I demand euphoria. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel this- like that's pretty... Close to how he talks yes. in the show. But right? this this was a very challenging period for me. Finishing school, I just I just didn't I just was done with it. You know, I mean, six years of college, you know, associates master, associates bachelor's masters, and I just didn't want to be in school anymore so desperately. I but I that. I still got a four My capstone turned I out fucking satisfactory. So nothing. I don't think you failed shit because I hated school. Well, miserable in those diaries, but you know, we all are. Yeah, (laughs) fucking Americans. (laughs) Plus, I think I I write a lot less when I'm happy. I like the doodles. 
Thank you. Like that kid that just wants to see the pictures. <laughs> you know. That's also I mean, you're, just you're reading like a debate between my id and my higher mind. You know, I did, I've I've got too many minds to write in books. <laughs> just kidding. So I just yeah. draw characters. It's easier yeah. that way. <laughs> just don't let them overtake. <laughs> don't let them overtake you. Um, oh. where are we? We're stoned. Man, yeah, dude, wicked. It's great. Uh, um. Oh, you rolled the D20? We're still doing good. I mean, we, we declined a little bit, but let's get back over there. Here we go, guys. All right, second win. We should play Dungeons & Dragons for an episode and invite like the weirdest group we can. We'd have to play first so I can remember how to not be a rookie at that awesome game. game. You know, I love D&D. It's been eight years since I played the fucking game. Wow. And every time I played it, then it, like we were getting shit-faced at the same time and yeah, that's, no, that's how you should play D and D. That's how you yeah. should play. It gets uh, dangerous. On and some people, like you, start bringing the game into reality and playing with nunchucks and end up with bruises <laughs> on your forehead the next morning. That was me. Too many. We're falling down your stairs from the attic room. Like I don't know why I was up there. <laughs> that's just a fun Tuesday, you know. <laughs> What's crazy is you said that it was a Tuesday. I had class the next day. Oh, fuck, I did not go. I'm burping all I over did this. not go to class that next day. Dang, white claws. Oh, wait. So do you have a degree? Nope. Do you go to school? Nope. That's cool. No I problem. paint full time. I don't give a shit. No. Did you, did you go to <laughs> I'll school? I'll let people judge me. Yeah, yeah, I went to Spokane Falls for... What'd you get? I was going for my AA. I was doing art and ceramics. Uh, I was... Also trying to do some physical therapy classes, and I was playing volleyball at the same time. You've been like a lifelong athlete, huh? Seems like yep. you've been and from I like still, five different sports. I still play Sorry. sports now. I I was supposed to play, um, I'm supposed to, this weekend, but it just depends. We'll see. Play softball this weekend. I still love playing basketball. Uh Volleyball, that one's still fun too, but I don't think I jump as high as I used to anymore. <laughs> it's interesting. Every time you've mentioned your age that we've spoken, you say almost 27. I'm almost there. I wonder yeah. what that means. For me, it's like, damn it. Like, yes, everybody still mistakens me for being underage, and like, I still get carded for fucking smokes or you know, tobacco or alcohol, and I'm like, all right, that's flattering, it's cool, but at the same time, like, it just seems like times went by so quickly, and I'm like, I'm, almost, I'm about to be 27, like, what, what's, I don't even know what's significant about that, like, I don't want to be 30 it's anytime different. soon, 27's different because then my family gets way. this crazy pressure or shit, you know, they want you to have kids or grandkids, like, they've been bugging me about grandkids since I was 23, I'm like... Well, you just think because I'm not in school I should have children? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go fuck shit up. <laughs> hey, I hope it's clear. Like, I mentioned my degree sometimes. I'm, I'm proud of it and it was hard work. But I never think I'm better than anybody who didn't get their degree. Dude, I don't really give a damn about my Homeland Security degree. It, it I literally got it because it would make my mom happy and it would impress other people. That was pretty much until the age of 25... What drove me more than anything was what is going to make other people impressed or make my family happy with me. Yeah, that's how I was with sports. Like, I mean, I took the ASVAB, got an amazing high score, um, was already 
my freshman year of high school, I was ROTC. I was doing, you know, military shit in school. Right. And by my senior year, I was the battalion commander, which meant like I was, I was very military-minded. I was very good at those things. But that's not what I wanted to do. Um, I think that also had some issues because my father wasn't there. But he was military. He was Air Force. I had this need to want to please somebody who was never in my life. Got my mindset out of that and realized I don't want to go to military college or any of that shit. I don't want to go to the Air Force or, you know, the Army or the Marines, even though I got accepted to everything. And I had passed the qualifications physically for everything. And then I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do any of this shit. And my mom was like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah, I know I've worked for all this shit. This is none of what I want to do. Like, I want to travel. I want to see the beautiful thing my world has to offer before it completely goes to shit. (laughs) And I want to fucking, I don't know, do the things I like doing. Like, I like modeling. I like still playing sports. And I like to paint a lot. And I could spend fucking... 12 hours a day painting and not be distracted by anyone or give a shit what anybody wants to do. <laughs> like, that's my happy place. Well, so can you describe to me uh, what it felt like in a moment of your life with great triumph? Like, Can you bring yourself back to that moment and tell me what that was like? I know that's a very difficult question, so I can talk and ramble while you think about it. (laughs) I definitely know that pivotal moment. Like, it's something I can never forget. It was, honestly, after I graduated high school. um, 2012, I lost somebody who I considered a brother to me. He committed suicide, and it flipped my world upside down. I started working all the time. I didn't have very much connection with my family. I was in a toxic relationship. I drank a lot. I ended up leaving college, you know, fairly early, backed out due to loss, you know, wrote a letter to the board to see if I could get out of college (laughs) and everything. Like, I did it the right way, but it was still for all the wrong reasons. Like, that was something that I needed to focus on and keep going with, and I didn't. Mm I let it get the best of me. And I had my moment where, you know, at one point, I'm pretty sure I almost killed myself. So uh, I kind of snapped myself out of it. And But I, I'll never forget those moments. I do not drink Jack Daniels anymore. Let's <laughs> put it yeah. that way. That shit's got oh, memories. Not the greatest ones. And... But it definitely, when I finally got out of that, it made me realize what I really wanted to do at the Mm -hmm. same time. Like, even though I was going all these through these things, when I got sober, I had a clearer mind than ever. I started picking up the paintings again and started drawing more and doing what I loved. And it brought me peace, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak. And then thereafter, I was just like, man, if I can calm myself down with this, I can calm myself down at any moment. I don't, there's no reason to be angry anymore. There's no reason to sulk over something that I have no control over. He, selfishly, I mean, took his life, but there was moments where we just couldn't help him. 
you know. So it's also one of those things where it re-registered with me how important life is mm-hmm. and how I wouldn't be just hurting myself. Yeah. You know, I'm not just hurting myself if I do or go back into that same pattern. And there's people who need me to. And so I snapped out of that, and I've been good since. I don't really, like, I'm okay with drinking for sure, but I don't drink much. Mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't gotten shit-faced since, <laughs> I don't know, maybe when I hit myself with nunchucks last, like, eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. I just gave myself fucking concussion. <laughs> Concussions are fun concussion. From fun, nunchucks, fun. though. Those things hurt so bad. Yeah, you probably should have the padded ones. The padded oh. nunchucks are where it's at. They were not padded. I'm gonna let you talk for a second. I'm gonna put this soup. I got some His, red You really pepper. do like Reese's. Oh, you have a Reese's yeah. cup. Cup. Oh, this I have a mug too. For like, I I got a lot of. If you ever, if you ever want to get Chris Armitage a gift, get me some Reese's stuff, or Reese's cups, or Reese's sticks, or or Pacific food soups. Reese's tomato <laughs> soup. <laughs> Tomato soup. Do you like mushroom soup? Yeah. And maybe some clam chowder. I don't know if I've ever had clam chowder. Oh my god, clam chowder is so good. Is it good? Order us some clam chowder. What's up? Um, I don't even know <laughs> where to order good clam chowder from out here. Probably isn't any. So I grew up with on Spokane. Uh, Spokane. So I, I got Spokane Indian Reservation. Spokane Indian Reservation. No, I was just thinking faster mm-hmm. than my mouth was working. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is, by the way, this is Apollo's Gold. The strain is Acapulco Gold, courtesy of Mount Olympus Gardens. <clears throat> so, uh, um, okay. <laughs> um, what, what can I do that will make the Native, Native Americans happy? Oh, man. I don't even know how to, like, there's got to be better, better health care provided. Oh, better health care, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a big thing. Like, reservations are often forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, they're often on the back burner. As, as I grew up understanding, not very many people know of the reservations that surround their towns or their cities or the people who, um are in the outskirts who have still just not honestly had the opportunity or people that care enough to help them progress. Yeah. So it's also often perceived by the outside world that they're just not on the same level as society everywhere else. Yeah. Where that is untrue. Like, yeah, the lifestyles out there are not as progressive as the city lifestyles, but they're also what a lot of people strive to be back to, you know, living off the land and living with your culture and hunting and fishing and learning how to live within it rather than take such advantage of it as we do now. Mm-hmm. Like our giant amounts of cities and things like that really fuck up our ecosystem. Whereas you go to reservations and your nearest neighbor is still a mile away. Like, <laughs> your kids are riding their bikes to see their homie, you know, or their friend or whatever in a different part of town, honestly. It's spread out. It's still agricultural. And those things need to be preserved. And the people need to be preserved. Like, 
Spokane, the city of Spokane, is based off the Native Americans and not even enough people to me know the culture of the land they live on. Um, and I feel like if people understood their areas and the culture that is genuinely and organically from there, that they would be in more support of just what we stand for. Um, because we don't get the opportunity to progress, a lot of our people still suffer from alcohol and drug use and not having the right support and help to get them out of those situations. A lot of homeless children, like teenagers, young adults who can't rely on their own parents to take care of them, so they band together as young adults, buy places to live or rent a house to live, and they're all just relying on each other and probably getting into drugs, starting parties or starting fights or getting kicked out of school, or end up working at a young age and don't have a full education or have to do the basic of getting their GED because they can't stand their schooling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Like, For instance, my mom finally <clears throat> this year uh, stopped working on the reservation for the school. She was making an hour drive every day to and from work to work where she was getting put to do more jobs than she was even getting paid for, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think there's enough recognition for the teachers that worked out there. I had teachers who worked there for three decades and they had their nice little retirement party and that was it, you know. Like they don't get enough recognition. They don't get paid enough to put up with some of the assholes we breed yeah. <laughs> out there on the reservation. Yeah. But it's also just a tough place to live in because you have a hard time consider- convincing your own elders to progress. They want to preserve the culture, but it's hard to preserve culture. You have to you move, move forward. forward from it. Yeah. So. I feel that way about American society in many ways. Um, yeah. I was just watching, um, actually, so, well, I'm gonna, okay, so I was just watching live in front of a studio audience, <clears throat> a bunch of modern actors and actresses redo an episode of The Jeffersons and an episode of uh, All in the Family. And it was fascinating, because hearing them talk about Nixon, sorry, I just drank a ton of uh, tomato soup. Yeah, um, yeah. Harper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just to replace... Nixon's name with Trump just you know the race relations things and the social justice things it's it's incredibly relevant uh, sexism they really confronted it in a prescient way but um <coughs> you know it uh I don't remember where I was going with that but we're still continuing the podcast um but we need to do a two-parter on this one because we're hitting an hour. We're going to start breaking up Holy the crap. hours. So <laughs> See, this is what happens when you get stoned and uh, you start talking. Yeah. And there's a lot of... Catch part I two. I think we hit many topics. I want to hit a lot more. I want awesome. to just hit all the topics every time, forever, and always. That's that's what I'm working on. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I like talking. Thanks to Acapulco's yeah. Gold. All right, everybody. Check us out on Patreon and everywhere you get podcasts except for SoundCloud and YouTube. And if you want to send me free Reese's Cups, do that. And if you want to rate or review the show, I'll send you a signed, a signed package of Reese's Cups. Um, and vote for me in 2020 against Kathy McMorris Rogers and watch me do stand up. Oh, give a shout out to your stuff too. Oh, which what, my just right, whatever now. you want to promote. Oh man, 
Well, let's go shout out to Michaels. They don't actually sponsor me, but I'm trying to get y'all to sponsor me. Get it together, Michaels. That is exactly where I get my canvas, my brushes, my easels, my apron, because, yeah, I'm a little OC. I don't like to get paint on my clothes. Um, <laughs> and then um, shout out straight up to my mama. That's the only other person that, like, really want. Uh, I mean, in my... My dad, too. My parents support me 100% in everything I do. So, and my best friend, Lydia, you're my favorite person in the world, and I love you. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. By the next, end of the next, next episode, um, we'll find something for you to sell people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sell my paintings, so don't forget about that, y'all. Oh, find, yeah. You can Buy find me paintings. on um, social media. On Facebook as Nikki A All E, but my first name spelled hella weird. It's N I Q U I E. So look for me on Facebook, and then on Instagram I have two sites. I have my personal, and I've got my modeling page. And the first is Pika underscore Poka. That's P I K A underscore P O C A. And then my modeling page underscore model underscore Dominique. And that's right. it. Excellent. 59 minutes, 30 seconds. You are appreciated. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. you all. Yeah. I love you, mama. I see your face. I'm alive that can take my mama's place. Good old karaoke. Ask me some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you some good questions. Hey, this is Chris Army, a.k.a. Chris Armitage, a.k.a. Little Weirdo, a.k.a. Muscle Baby. What the fuck? I don't know. I'm not even going to run through all the commercials and stuff. Um, this is part two. Part two of our wacky... Fucking what day is it? Taco Tuesday. Yeah. Don't forget to get your tacos. I only know what day it is because the comedy club is tomorrow. <laughs> That's a funny way to like fuck everything else. The only reason I know what day it is because comedy. Imagine if like there was a same day of the week that was like the biggest, most important day for you to do art in the community. I know that my days off are Mondays. Ugh. I make my own schedule, so I don't fuck with Mondays. <laughs> yeah, Mondays are over. Where everybody else is whining around and depressed, I'm just like, oh, I'm good. It's my yeah. day off. <laughs> yeah. Because for some reason, America has dubbed Monday as the depressing day. Like after the weekend. And I feel like Only your, your weekend is, is your weekend, though. Yeah. Depending on your schedule, you gotta make it your weekend. Fuck everybody else. If you want to go out on Taco Tuesday, or Hump Day on Wednesday, or Thirsty Thursday, or uh, Freaky Friday, <laughs> Freaky Friday, going. or Sexy Saturday, because that's when, or Sexy Slutty Saturday. I wish there was more of that. I um, I've had some fun experiences. I was thinking today about making a campaign poster. Um, about like Kathy McMorris Rogers doesn't know anything about the LGBTQ community. It doesn't care about them. I have personally dated an L, a B, a Q, a G, <laughs> and a T. 
they're all cool with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've transcended cool the whole me. rainbow, friends. I love it. Yeah, love man. It. Dude, like, variety makes me happy, you know. I'm definitely, like, I mean, I may have been the reason why some guys are now gay. How do you do that? <laughs> How does that happen? All you have to do is... I don't know. Oh boy, I I'm know. More like, of a man than they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I uh, a short. I had a short affair with a non-binary person, born a woman, um, and she did some dominatrix work outside of our short little thing. And mm-hmm. uh, good friends, um, but I don't know. I because I was thinking I could date a man, I could date a woman. I don't care. Um, but uh, that's I, I also feel like that means I've been with a lot more like really strong women who might display more generally masculine traits, but I appreciate those and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, See, I feel like more people should. A lot of women won't date a bisexual guy. They just automatically won't. That's their loss. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't have a preference or an issue. I love everyone. I'm kind of the same way. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not into women yeah. like that. Like I think women are beautiful. We're amazing fucking creatures. But I have no need to want to, you know, eat you out. So, <laughs> like, no. No. but um, when it comes to a bisexual man, I. I still don't see anything wrong with it. I just don't see anything wrong with people where... I I mean, I do. Don't get me wrong. There's times where I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. Like all the Nazi sexuals out there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But most of the time, I just... I'm open to a lot of things. Like, I'm one of those, I think, you can't knock until you try. Yeah. And not everybody thinks that way. They think, okay, that could get you herpes, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if everyone who had herpes voted for me, we would all have universal health care right now. I'm just saying. You would probably have the cure. We'd have the cure. If you want to cure herpes, vote for me. <laughs> no, I can't promise that. Yeah, I'll try. That, that one's just comedy. Straight I'll comedy. I'll try, guys. I'll do my A good voice. hard try. Yeah, yeah, I'll help. No, that's not good. I'll help. I'll help him try. <laughs> you can go for it. Just do your thing. Yeah, Give it your college. Do try. the best we can. Um, the music's off. On uh, today's show, we're just going to do the best we can. Um, let's see. <laughs> do I have any big questions for you? Um, what is? Let's see. Um. What's, like, one of the sweetest things anyone's ever done? Actually, no, even better question, because you probably have a considerably higher proportion of men who are creepy towards you than many other human beings. So, what's some examples of guys, things guys do, maybe they're smaller or whatever, that would endear them to you, or at least, you know... Yeah, would would like it's it's good thing. It's po- actually well, I have a funny one. Wait, let me tell you quick. Okay, sorry, I have one quick thing. <laughs> um, I uh, was making out with a woman recently, uh, and she said, "You know, I've been drinking. We should probably take it easy." And I was like, "That sounds great. I love that idea. We're good to cuddle." And she was like, "Hell yeah, we're good to cuddle." Cool. And I was like, "That anything you want to do is totally okie dokie with me, because I'm just glad to be here with you." And she said, that's the hottest thing any guy's ever said to me. Made out with me before. 
there you go. <laughs> I mean, that, that's it's nice when someone's like, yeah, like we don't have to. It's worse when someone's like, oh come on, oh come Begging, on, ugh. like. First of all, definitely not. You do that shit, I'm probably going to pull my pants up and walk the fuck out. Listen, there's nothing attractive about someone begging. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. please have sex with me. Like, whoever said that women like that, no. Because it's, no. We just don't. No. <laughs> I don't even have to explain why. You should just fucking know. But. Yeah, they got to figure it out I think the. Probably the worst. Not the worst, but. The oddest thing that happens is when you're just not interested and you've probably made it pretty clear at this point, or I'm the kind of person who makes it pretty fucking clear. You know, if I don't want to talk to you or if you send me a dick pic first. (laughs) Really? That's not what closes the deal. (laughs) I'm going to just delete your message and probably block you because there's no fucking reason unless a woman asks you for it for you to send it oh shit i'm sorry continue talking about dick pics unless you don't know someone keep talking keep talking talk about dick pics but i feel like when somebody gets upset that you don't you don't enjoy or don't want to encounter them at all and you're politely you say no i'm sorry i'm just not interested they get so offended. Yeah. Some guys get extremely offended. The creeps. I should say the creeps get extremely offended. Well, they're the and they're voices. the quickest to want ones to call you a whore or call you a slut or you're like some, you know, oh, well, you must just be a prostitute or or you must just be a... Like, my girlfriend, my one of my best friends, she got a message from a guy, and he was like, well, you could just not ghost me. And she was like, I specifically just told you right now I'm not interested. Uh. And then he proceeded to call her a drug user. He was like, well, you must just be a drug user. And she was like, first of all, it's Memorial Day. I could be doing anything today but talking to you. <laughs> and he just got really rude, called her a whore, all these stupid fucking things. And we made a laugh out of it. Put them on blast. Like, if you're going to be so ignorant to think that every woman owes you something, you're going to get put on blast. People can be very, like, they can have no self-awareness. I knew this guy who, he was like, I have a good job and I have a house. Women are dumb for not liking me. And it's like, no, that doesn't you mean shit if you don't have personality. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys who are like, oh, they just want, like... You know, some loser, drug addict, blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, no, dude, they want just someone who's cool, who's not going to, like, make them feel weird or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or make them feel shitty. Like, yeah. for instance, if a woman says, oh, my God, I'm cramping so fucking bad today, that can mean a number of things. So you should probably get her chocolate, and you should probably get her, like, a good funny fucking movie that is comedy and not some romantic, because you never, like... Bitches don't want to cry when they're already emotional. Y'all got it fucked up. We don't want to watch... What is it? Uh, I can't even think of the movie. That's how stupid cheesy it is. The Notebook. Never seen it. Nobody wants to watch that shit. (laughs) I want to watch Superbad or, like, Knocked Up or (laughs) something that is 
on top of reminding me, okay, I'm not pregnant, uh, so this is good. That's a good thing. It's nice <laughs> that's a plus to the situation. Um, fuck you, hormones. You know, I learned <laughs> such a big lesson from uh, my female best friend about just asking, what can I do to help? And if That's the know, best question you can fucking yeah. ask. What do you need? Even as, like, I'm a tomboy, I don't really cry over shit. I don't really give a fuck about, like, being too emotional over things. I just don't, And I smoke a lot of weed, so I don't really give too many shits. But when I do, like, you better respect those shits that I'm giving. Yeah. <laughs> or I might rip your head off. <laughs> Stuff's funny. You know, I, I was... I had an incident... Every actually, really, probably every four to six months with my best friend who we lived together and we're very close. And I love her so much, and um, you know, moments where she'll be upset with me over doing something wrong, and I'll I'll genuinely be surprised, like, oh, fuck, I forgot that you care enough where I can hurt your feelings by my actions. Seriously, it, I forget it. Very, like, yeah, oh, she doesn't it's care. It's easy to for, forget that people are sensitive. Yeah, but it just felt if like she doesn't care. you don't encounter them that much, yeah. it's easier to forget. Like, there's some yeah. people where I'm like, I realize I say words that not everybody's happy with. Like, I'm a female that says cunt. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I've been interested in that word since I was pretty young. And I find it quite intriguing and i say it more often so that i'm not offended by it yeah because i genuinely think that even men can be cunts sometimes (laughs) holy shit yeah (laughs) so i say what's on my mind and i feel like people understand you a little better when you're just forward and real about things but sometimes there's times where i'm like i don't want to fucking hear and i'll look at you like i'm gonna burn a hole through your face and back through your body. Like, it's going to come through. You're going to disintegrate. You're pretty you're hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you got any questions for me? We're going to wrap soon. Yeah. Um, are you scared of midgets? <laughs> <laughs> I actually went on a date with a little person recently. That's awesome. I didn't know from her pictures because they were either really close or really far. And if you don't have another human for perspective, you can But, I mean, you know. weren't that much taller than her, huh? I was st- actually still. No, I know I'm tiny. <laughs> I'm no, I'm tiny. You don't need to apologize. I am. Sorry, no, sorry. I was still a lot taller than her. Um, I thought it was going well. I, I was a little, like, taken aback. But I was like, you know, she seems cool. Well, she I actually, another date like, with her. I don't think that they're any different than anybody else, honestly. And they probably think the same thing. Like, you guys are fucking assholes because you think for some reason, like, I'm going to kick you in your shin and we're going to fight yeah. all the time. <laughs> we're going to have really weird sex. Like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to go into this. I'd love to go on a second date with her. And then she was like, you know, I'm not really looking. And I was like, oh. Oh, she like dealt me. the dish. Oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. she shot me down. That's, that's, that sucks. hurt. That hurt. <laughs> that does. I, I felt it. For I, you. you know what? I just felt like I was guaranteed a second date because clearly I'm so awesome. And then I was like, oh, she's not buying what I'm selling. <laughs> no, she's like, I don't give a fuck how funny you are. Yes. Yeah, Can happening. you lift me up? Oh, and I reach could the do cups that. in the top cupboard. No. Nope. I am strong <laughs> enough, but no, I'm not tall. 
<laughs> but it was a good time. Uh, it was cool. It's fucking She great. just doesn't want me. That's all right. Learning, okay. if I had a son, like the, one of the first things I teach him, love people at the level they want to love you or take them out of your life. I'm glad I got turned down before I got all the attention. Not going to fucking lie. Yeah, were you a late bloomer? Like, not even so much that I was a late bloomer, but I just didn't like people. Yeah. Like, I was just... I was fucking weird yeah. it was just weird i wasn't interested in girls and i wasn't interested in boys so for a while there i was just like huh well what do i like dogs like what the <laughs> fuck this is weird am i yeah. into odd stuff like yeah. why are you so fucking weird what do yeah. you want spock <laughs> spock's pretty hot so i know a girl okay who looks like a i might have spock. brought that up because i momentarily had a crush on him too like those spiky ears were dope and wow, that's like, i had a crush on legolas too <laughs> Spiky ears. Next time I see the you, I just have fake oh, ears on, all pointy you. and stuff. Glistening long blonde hair. Oh, you're giving me the list. Where's my notes? Wait, now? no, no, no. <laughs> you know what she's into, No, fellas. because it's terrible flashbacks. This is really weird. It's awkward. <laughs> like, all I can remember is my unibrow then. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I kind of wish it was like bushy eyebrowed. Like I used to wear my hair tight and back and in a bun and like sweatpants and hoodies because I was just a little jock and probably had some Fila's or Adidas on. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing. And then right before eighth grade graduation in high school, I wore my first dress, my first pair wow. of heels, fixed my hair. It was super long and pretty. My mom made me get my eyebrows waxed. That was fucking terrible. Never did it again after that. Nope. Yeah. I don't trust nobody with these beautiful caterpillars. I was going to say they're <laughs> incredible. Top-notch eye. Wow, even she's moving them all over the place. I don't know. How'd you get it on your <laughs> chin? Adored. I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn, I forgot get to it back up there. Good thing we didn't. we're not on camera. <laughs> no set. I only shave every once, like, in a week. I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Amazon <laughs> woman. My armpit hairs would just be muffling the sound of the mic right now. I'm if pro I didn't do body that. hair. I'm not into it, but I support the decision to have it. I, you know. I forget. I just honestly, <laughs> I just forget. Yeah. And then like someone acts interested, and I'm like, man, this is gonna be like five hour process. I'm gonna clean all this hair off my body. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck this. Who made this standard? <laughs> Terrible and then there's people. times where I'm like the pornography industry. I'm not shaving my legs, and I'll message somebody before I am. Didn't shave my legs, so hope you're cool with that. Women always <laughs> say that, and I'm like, I don't care. I'm just glad you're here. I know it's funny because guys <laughs> never really give a shit. They don't even yeah. notice half the time unless yeah. you like. Even the period. Know. I've many times been like, I'm on my period. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It's I'm sure. always sure. Okay, fun fact. <laughs> Women are horny as fuck when they're on their period. <laughs> I've so heard y'all relieved, better get with it. I've heard it relieves some pain, too. Yeah, don't be scared so. of Shark Week. Yeah, day, man. <laughs> we don't bite hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a good day. More open, good stuff. Yeah, if you sexually encounter your your counter partner um, on those partners. days, uh, she's bound to not rip your face off. And man cycling is fucking real. Yeah. Like, I definitely agree. I had a teenage brother. Yeah. It's so serious. The moon is in Gatorade. Right like, now him and too. I f- 
physically got into beef sometimes. <laughs> like, he slammed me into the oven one time. Yeah. And I put his head in the sink, in the wow. dirty water. That's impressive. The sink. It was fun. One time, um, <laughs> my little brother... I think I hit my little brother when he hit me back, but in the nose, so I started bleeding. So I held him down and blew my bloody nose on his face. Oh, bloodborne pathogens. That's fucking disgusting. I would beat the shit out of you. I'm so sorry to say that. But holy shit. Oh, yeah, I beat up my older Mm -hmm. sister one time. That was fun. Well, he did. He's the one who gave me the bloody nose. Good. (laughs) That's super gross. That's super funny, though. Um, (laughs) Well, one time my older brother held me down into that thing where the spit comes out of your mouth, but you suck it back up. Except it went. Yeah, I turned my head and it went in my ear. (laughs) I remember ten-year-old him like holding me down, like I'm so sorry, Christopher. I did not mean to do that. Spit in your ear. I'm so sorry. That's that's fucking gross. (laughs) My siblings used to do the most terrible things to me. And I just feel like they don't remember. <laughs> like, I got stuffed in the dryer one time, and they turned it on, fried my hair a little bit, mm-hmm. a little hot, and they tried to put it in a cool setting, but no, uh, you still tumbled your still little hot. sister in the fucking dryer. Nice. And then we thought we were funny one time, me and my cousin Allison were the tiniest kids out of all of us, and they stick us in the washer and turn it on, we're just holding on to the center. And we're just getting ripped back and forth. And we're like little kids with bruises on our face and everything. The oh next my day, gosh. my mom's like, you guys were supposed to babysit, not, you know, abuse your, <laughs> your cousins. Nice. <laughs> but they guinea pigged us for fucking everything. Like, that's how I fell off the roof so many times. Yeah, I heard you have a knack for falling off a roof. I have an knack for falling off of things or falling up things or down things. Like, I fall up the stairs all the time. Like an iconic day in SFCC, like my first day of fucking college. Like this is things that happened in high school. Yeah. You know, I was almost in my class. I was running late for my first day, and I get to the top of my stairs, and I have this cool new freaking backpack. I feel awesome because it holds every five hundred dollar book I purchased for that stupid school. Ugh. And I have these Tic Tacs in my backpack in the front. I'm like, I gotta put something in this pocket. Tic-tac backpack, cool. great punk band name. Put the <laughs> <laughs> I put the tic-tacs in it, trip up the stairs, hit the front of my backpack, tic-tacs on the landing everywhere. And it, tic-tac the attack. Year, I was tic-tac Another girl. band name. <laughs> I was tic-tac girl. And You're like, still people would just girl. randomly walk up to me and be like, hey, you got a tic-tac? I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, man. Oh, <laughs> Fuck man. out of here. I'm so glad. Yeah, I got a tic-tac. <laughs> Of course I do. I have many TikToks. I got orange. I got mint. But that's it. I don't like the other kinds. <laughs> I'm orange, mint, none others. I guess the fruit berry makes is dope. Fruit berry makes Tic Tac, sponsor me, please. I'll Everything. Come back. I'll make you a comeback. Everything in this episode <laughs> is um, uh, supported by Tic Tacs. They endorse explicitly every word that comes out of this woman's mouth. Um, thank you, Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the snack that smiles back. It's Tic Tac. Only you smile back. Tic Tac. <laughs> that's your new. That's your new catchphrase, Tic Tac. Tic Tac. Bam attack. I'm not whack. This is slack. <laughs> Freestyle. Brought to you today by. Ah, freestyle, thanks to Tic Tac. Got the freshest beat in the freshest mouth. Why? Because I popped you in my mouth. Oh, shit!
Yeah, you don't. You can't okay, see it, but there's 30 people around here cheering thunderously. <laughs> the adoring crowds. All right, final segment. If you don't have any other questions for me. Oh fuck! I forgot I was asking you questions. That's okay. Do you have any <laughs> why others? Why is the sky is blue? Uh, why, why is, is the, the sky, sky is blue? blue? <laughs> why is the sky is blue? Skidly dapoo. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, because of how light uh, passes through the water and the hydrogen in the water is on the blue spectrum. Satisfied? Cool story, bro. Are you satisfied? Are you not satisfied? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Today right. is the day. <laughs> get to the chopper. I did a, an ad for the campaign where I was like, "Get away from the Kathy McMullis Rogers. Get away from the Rogers. Get away from the Rogers. You can get away by giving me ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> ten dollar make you holler. <laughs> Let me pull the chain. <laughs> All right, all right. I remember what that's off. Now okay. is the part, the final segment, where we give each other a compliment. All right? Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go second? Or do you want to flip a coin? I'll go first. All right, go ahead. You have wonderful bluish gray eyes. <laughs> I'm more than just eyes. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Do you want to go any more? Um, um, <laughs> your blue eyes match your dark blue shirt. <laughs> They're a perfect contrast. This an ex bought me this shirt. She had great taste. <laughs> she did. I can't say that. Oh yeah, nice. feel it. Tug it's at nice. it and feel the material. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah you've been wearing that Gucci over here. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> gift. Um, all right, compliment for you. You're incredibly insightful, intelligent, grounded, self-aware, uh, a very, very uniquely developed person. Well, I feel like a piece of shit for not saying anything better than that. Well, fuck. Do I get to, like, say again? Do you want to go, go again? again? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just playing. Thank I'm, you so I much. complimenting people. I appreciate that a lot. I love it. You'll be I back. remember that in kindergarten. You used to have to do that. Oh, was that a Fucking thing? Fucking hated it. Because <laughs> then, because I could compliment people. Mm-hmm. Like, I like your hair. I like the beard. Your, your cute little, oh, cute cute little chin. Hobbit. Your cute little chin. <laughs> and he's like, you, ha- you genuinely have nice teeth. Are you kidding me? I need Invisalign. They're off center. I got the. I mean, Tom that's what teeth. I say about mine too. But I think you have nice teeth. Thank you. Um, and that's actually my two percent African side. Fucking. Um, they got the best teeth out of all. Bummer that you only got the teeth and not the lips. Uh, <laughs> and then I got uh, the British lips. All right. One more thing, though. Um, except for that's not it. I, I just can't compliment the fact claw. that you're a whole ass white claw mess. Uh, uh, <laughs> I do. I spill drinks on myself all the time. I'm pretty okay? sure you did before I got here. And yeah, that, I did. That's probably what I saw on your shirt. <laughs> it was Febreze, actually. So <laughs> when you got out of the car, you tried to spray yourself with Febreze. I always do. It's not a try thing. I always spray myself with Febreze before, like I meet someone or it's. I like to smell like Febreze. I don't like cologne. I want for the Febreze scent when I meet someone. Brought to you so. today by Febreze. Febreze. <laughs> uh, supporting bisexuality, cannabis use, and white claw drinking. Smell fresh on both ends. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Uh, no, I do have one more compliment. I must say that I like that you have hair. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds fucked up, you guys, but you would be surprised how many men in this world in America are suffering from premature balding. <laughs> Y'all really got to get this shit under control. Like, Clinique for women, we got our shit under control. Get it yeah. together. I'm going to get, gonna get a perm, actually, just for you. Just, All right. Jerry Curl in the house. <laughs> Wait, what was the thing? Make your soul glow. Soul glow. He just popped out with some soul glow. Coming to Man. America. Great movie. Man, I remember when I used to go see my auntie. She used to put that in my hair. I didn't even need it. My hair didn't need no soul glow. Put soul glow in my hair. Neither did mine. Back when I was the, the sixth member of the Jackson Five, uh, we really got wild. They were like, it's not the name of the band, but we like this guy. Um, it was wild. Well, let him control the curtain. The curtain? <laughs> The curtain. Curtain. The curtain of what? <laughs> of their show. You couldn't be allowed on stage. Oh, no wonder nobody no. saw you. You know, I was a great member of the Jackson family. I was like an adopted son. Um, we toured together for years, made beautiful music. I actually wrote um, Human Nature by Michael Jackson. And um, he still sends me letters from beyond the grave. And that, everyone, <laughs> is great acting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can honestly say, if you didn't know this guy, that was semi-convincing. Oh! If you didn't know what he looked like, that was semi-convincing. <laughs> but also, you would also have to ask him if he's ever been touched. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jackson did nothing wrong. I'm just <laughs> I, I don't believe, believe that it. he did anything oh, wrong. Oh, shit. Same. <laughs> Michael, I, don't believe, we don't, I still believe he was the same, but I had to fucking throw that no, out No, I'm on the same page, though. Michael didn't do anything wrong. I don't think he did. Kids have come out since then. <laughs> since then, kids yeah. have come out and been like, my dad Grown men me. have said they have not been. Macaulay Culkin swears, like, I'm... Every, no, no celebrity. Anyway, okay, we're done with it. We're over. We're Cut. wrapped. <laughs> Let's Cut. get some closing music. Uh, go ahead hey, and ask. Okay, Google. Say it again. Hey, Google. It's it like, oh, it's not plugged in. <laughs> oh, my God. You got me dumb over uh, here talking uh, to a box. <laughs> now you look silly. <laughs> hey, Google. Oh, you got to give it a second to warm up. Oh, my gosh. Um, talk like, about your artificial intelligence. <laughs> I feel like you should not need to warm up. Get it together, Google. <laughs> Google, why are you doing this to me? Hey, Google. It's not listening Come yet. Come on. Hey, Google. It's get- hey, Google. Hey, Google. I'm no, just going to set off Matt, everybody's Matt Hey, Google's Setzer at home. has arrived hey, Google. early. Not early, actually. We just went late by 18 minutes. Um, <laughs> we planned on doing about a half hour, and it's been two hours and 18 minutes. Um, we'll give it a second. It might be. Hey, Google. Ask what so you bad. want. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hey, Google, care. play the song called Closing Time. <laughs> My mom used to actually sing this at night when she would be turning off all the lights in the house and stuff. Um, we got we got forty five seconds left to say goodbye to everybody. Check out Patreon. Check out everywhere the podcasts are held. We have Inside Bud. 
Um, well, would you want to shout out anything else while we leave? You have 35 seconds. Oh, shout out White Claw for supporting <laughs> my drinking habit tonight <laughs> with your variety pack and uh, Starbucks. And now we're always there and you're everywhere. Um, <laughs> and tomato soup for keeping this guy nourished. Ah, tomato soup, thank you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you soon. What up? This is Chris Army on the Inside Bud Podcast. This is basically the third episode I'm recording today. Easy peasy, missing squeezy. So, um, thanks to Mount Olympus Gardens for some good weed. Thanks to White Claw for some good drink that won't make me fatter. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, thanks to these seaweed snacks from Trader Joe's. Um, <laughs> what else? Okay, so I'm here today with Matt Setzer uh, for what I hope will be a continuing segment. Matt Setzer, what are you going to talk to us about today? Well, this one's going to be kind of out there. Uh, one day I was on the internet and I was on a, a paranormal board. On a, surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, someone posted a ton of these uh, articles from the 1800s and the early 1900s of archaeologists uh, in the early days of antiquity discovering skeletons in the Americas that were seven to giant feet tall. So not, not like giant giants, but definitely larger than a skeleton should have been. So I was really intrigued at, at the time. And... Uh, I decided to look into it today and uh, see how much of it had any actual merit to it, you know. Are they all hoaxes? Is this all just BS? Uh, what's up with it, you know? So the first thing I came to... Um, Real quick. Yeah. This seems crazy, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, it, there's the claim that there's giants. Well, um, seven to eight feet tall. So, like... Sort of. That exists today. Yeah. But are, sure. okay, so how do we know it's not just an anomaly and not, uh, you know, Because there's only been 100 ca- U.S. cases of uh, giganticism mm. ever. There's only okay. been 100 cases. That's out of what, 50 million? 500 million? I don't know. Oh, today there are 350 million Americans. I would guess probably about half a, half a trillion have lived. So uh, out of half a trillion, uh, there's only been 100 cases of giganticism. Huh. You know, that's like. Andre the Giant and stuff like that. Oh, of course. So, uh, also keeping in mind that uh, in the past, uh, historical societies have been shorter. People have always been shorter. Oh, well, okay, that's debatable. I want to bring up a point that... (laughs) That is debatable, actually. So for the last, like, 600, 1,000, 2,000 years, people were more malnourished. However, there is a claim that prior to the agrarian revolution, hunter-gatherer societies had plenty of access to meat and and fruits and vegetables, and so they weren't starved, and so they were actually able to get larger. But in general, they they didn't often uh, surpass six foot. Now there are True. some places like there's this uh, this valley in Africa where uh, people regularly uh, got to like six foot six, you know, and uh, a lot of the claims are because of uh, the resources they had from the river there, which was just extremely nutritious. Now uh, the first 
uh, recorded sighting of these giants that I found uh, was by Ferdinand McGlellan. He was a Spanish explorer from 1519 to Man, 1522. Ferdinand McGlellan, I went to elementary school with him. He used to eat his own boogers. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. But, like, you know, he, he was also an explorer. Uh, and he was searching for a good route to uh, the Maluku Islands. And uh, apparently, when they were off the coast of Patagonia, which is a place... Somewhere. I love Patagonia, dude. I've been there. Yeah, man. They, it's overpriced. However, <laughs> they had great uh, muscles. That's quality, but overpriced. <laughs> uh, a crew member was apparently sent over to uh, make contact with this guy on the shore that seemed to be a giant. Now, when the guy got to the shore, uh, he turned out to... He could only reach his waist when he was standing. And this, this random giant, like, mind you, this is a report from 1500, so it's kind of hard to, to, to determine how legitimate it was, to say. Uh, let's see here. According to accounts by the expedition's official chronicler, Antonio Pigafetta, as they approached the shores of Patagonia, there was a witnessed a person of, quote-unquote, enormous stature, dancing and cavorting naked upon the beach while oddly throwing dust on its head. I love cavorting naked. I do, too. <laughs> I just don't do it in public like you, Chris. <laughs> Barter fair! <laughs> member was apparently then sent over to try and make contact with the mysterious giant, and upon arriving on the shore, the man began to mimic the giant's eccentric movements and behavior in an effort to extend friendship. Pigafetta would relate what happened thus. The Captain General, that is uh, McGlellan, sent one of our men to the giant so that he might perform the same actions as a sign of peace. Having done that, the man led the giant to an islet where the Captain General was waiting. When the giant was in the Captain General's and our presence, he marveled greatly and made signs with one finger raised upward, believing that he had come from the sky. He was so tall that he reached only to his waist, and he was well proportioned. So that's the first report of a giant in the Americas that, that, uh, that I know of. What about other continents, or am I getting ahead of myself? You're getting ahead of yourself. I apologize. I mean, of course, there's that story in the Bible of Goliath, right? He's apparently not. Are they just, are they just Sasquatch? Sasquai? Uh, Sasquitch? I, I would say that, but none of them... Uh, <laughs> none of them uh, mention other traits of Sasquatch, like hairiness or uh, the smell. They look human. Uh, but that was on the only sighting of a giant that I know of. Now, uh, here are some reports of some skeletons that have been found. The most recent giant skeleton that was found uh, was actually in the past, um, I think it was in the past 10 years. Okay. And that was in Ecuador. Uh, the skeleton uh, was aged to be about 60 when they died, which is, you know, if we're talking cases of giganticism, people rarely ever make it to 60. And mind you, this is a, you know, thousand, a few thousand years old, this skeleton. Uh, it was about seven to eight feet tall, and the indigenous communities in the area told of legends of very tall, pale-skinned people who lived nearby. They said they were peaceful, um, and some of them said they belonged to the spirit world. Are you familiar with the Socratic um, uh, ideas of ethos, pathos, and logos? Yeah, you are. 
give me some pathos here. Talk about your background where I should have more faith in your ability to discern how legitimate these uh, remains are versus my own, which I know exists, but I want you to lay it out for the audience. So you want me to tell you how I can determine an online article from you? Mm-hmm. Thank you for simplifying that. <laughs> how do I know this ain't bullshit? So, uh, there are actual reports of this. Um, the skeleton was in that deed found. You can find it in scientific articles. Um, as far as finding the sources and everything, bro, I had three hours this morning. Like, <laughs> like I could not get sources for everything. But I out understand. of everything I found, uh, actually, I do have some sources for you. I well, do I have some sources, but this Ecuador one is the most recent and the most um, uh, eligible that okay. I found. All right. Now. I want to go over native legends real quick because what I found, and I was surprised. I've been dying. Yeah, I was about to say, does our third guest want to introduce themselves? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm Nikki. I'm still here. (laughs) 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 But I'm native, so I'm quite interested in this side of the situation. At some point, Nikki's going to interject with some badass story about, like, having (laughs) a tea party. Hey, don't set this crazy standard (laughs) where I have to fucking... Come up with yeah, some figure, shit. It <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. So the Go first on. native legend I'm going to bring up is, of course, from the Bible, right? The Bible says in Genesis that giants used to walk the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's vague as hell, so no one really knows what that meant. Some guy commented on it. Some guy, just random anonymous guy. <laughs> this guy has no credit that we know of. He said, uh, "Yeah, giants existed. Every old culture tells of giants. They're in hieroglyphs." and Samaria, etc. It is said that every ancient building too big for humans to create was done by giants, and the reason for the flood around 12,000 years ago was to wipe them out. And there was a flood 12,000 years ago. I want to I say that. The Younger period, there was a flood. Uh, most people believe a comet came to the Earth and uh, melted a lot of the glaciers and uh, sent the world into like both global heating and cooling at the same time. Um, very well documented. Um, organisms. I, too, love Graham Hancock. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I like Graham Hancock, too, but uh, even my professor, uh, Dr. Todd Serroville from University of Wyoming, agrees that, uh, you know, the Younger Dryas, there was a comet that did hit the Earth, and it did uh, result in a lot of flooding. And we know that from the Missoula floods. Uh, you know, I think our entire eastern side of the state is proof of that. Yep. Um, well, anyways, so that's, like, the first... Uh, legend that we're all familiar with of giants once walking the earth. However, uh, the Comanches, the native Comanches tribes, um, have a legend. Innumerable moons ago, a race of white men, ten feet high and far more rich and powerful than any white people now living here, inhabited a large range of country, extending from the rising to the setting sun. Their fortifications crowned the summits of the mountains, protecting their populous cities situated in the intervening uh, valleys. One uh, chief leader said they excelled every other nation which was flourished either before or since. In all manner of cunning handicraft, were brave and warlike, ruling over the land they had wrestled from its ancient possessors with a high and haughty hand. Compared with them with the pale faces of the present day were pygmies in both art and arms. So they're saying white people now frickin' suck. And that there used to be really tall white people that were uh, basically masters. It's basically telling you guys you're only a little slice of what you used mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> you know, ma'am. I mean, we Whatever. All are. We all are. 
Yeah, the chief explained that when his race forgot justice and mercy and became too proud, the great spirit wiped it out, and all that was left of their society were mounds still visible on the tablelands, which is southeastern America. This account was documented by Dr. Donald Panther Yates, a researcher and author of books on Native American history on his blog. Now, it's funny because, uh, you know, this chief says that they were wiped out because of uh, they forgot justice and mercy. Now, and if you look at the biblical flood stories, uh, it's kind of interesting, this, this connection where they're saying he flooded the earth to get rid of these, uh, you know, super sinful people. So there's, like, kind of that correlation. Now, let's look at the Navajo uh, the Navajo variation of this tale. Uh, Yates also writes of the Starnake people of the Navajo legend, describing them as a regal race of, again, white giants endowed with mining technology who dominated the West, enslaved lesser tribes, and had strongholds all through the Americas. So clearly they were white because they were enslaving other people. They were either <laughs> extinguished... <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, That's I love not that. for you. I love that. They're now one of my all-time favorite people. They were either extinguished or, quote-unquote, went back to the heavens. Mm. Now, um, I wrote one another one of these people. Well, I want to bring up another point, too. Oh, let's hear it. Let's that hear it. Um, with religion, I think a big part of why religion has survived throughout the ages is it provides some sort of biological or sociological benefit, something that, just like all evolution, helps us survive. So, you know, if after something really bad happens, we tell ourselves a story like, it was because we were doing bad things, and to teach us a lesson, mm -hmm. that produces the best emotional mm -hmm. result of, I'm going to be a better person, we shouldn't repeat the mistakes of the past. Well, as I'm not here to justify a religion, that's a conversation for another time, I will still bring up the uh, significance between the parallels between uh, religious legends and uh, native legends. Because yeah. native legends all tell about this flood, too. And, you know, you've got the Abrahamic religions that also tell about this flood, not to mention the epic of Gilgamesh and all that. So a flood, everyone pretty much agrees, did happen. We have physical evidence of this. We have um, cultural evidence of this. I mean, most of the tribal lands that you see today have very, very apparent evidence that those areas were once covered mm -hmm. with water. Yeah. before all these dams were created and took those reservoirs from people and made them a restricted reservoir. <laughs> yeah. Now, another point too, Matt, I would love if we did an episode on dreams, if that's something you're interested in. Oh, yeah, we could do an episode about. on dreams. I would love, like, we all bring, like, some different dreams we've had, maybe. Or... I've got this recurring one about flamingos I'll tell you about in the, the next podcast. <laughs> Is that the one where you eat their eggs or you eat them? No, a, a flamingo flies down, knocks me down in a parking lot and stares. He's wearing a monocle. He stares me in the eyes and he's like, ah, and then it ends there. I, don't I always know. knew you were homophobic. <laughs> 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 That's some symbolism you dug out of. The, the <laughs> what, do you have, what do you have wrong with Florida, man? Why do you hate Florida? Oh, come Everyone on. I don't need to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, why do I hate the most southern state out there? I don't know. Uh, so in 1553, Pedro Cieza de Leon wrote in Chronicle of Peru about legendary giants described to him by the Manta indigenous people. There are, however, reports concerning giants in Peru who landed on the coast at the point of Santa Elena. The natives relate the following tradition, which had been received from their ancestors from very remote times. So this is the, this is the uh, Manta indigenous people's stories of the giants that arrived. 
There arrived on the coast, in boats made of reeds, as big as large ships, a party of men of such size from the knee downwards. Their height was as great as the entire height of an ordinary man, though he might be of good stature. Their limbs were all in proportion to the deformed size of their bodies, and it was a monstrous thing to see their heads, with hair reaching to the shoulders. Their eyes were as large as small plates. Now that's kind of, that's kind of alien-esque when you think about it. Like now, the plate to us is what this. That's a big eyeball. Sure, yeah, sure. Same size as my face. So, yeah, face size. Okay, this <laughs> is what I found extremely interesting. Uh, Leon goes on to say that uh, sexual habits of the giants were revolting to the natives, Ooh. and heaven eventually wiped out the giants because of those habits. Now, this that is feels like bullshit. yeah, yeah. But there's another parallel here. Huh. Uh, there is this book called the Book of Enoch, which isn't canon in the Bible, but in Ethiopia it is considered... Fan fiction? Uh, not really. It's considered a sacred text. Yeah. And in that, uh, in that book, it talks about uh, the fallen angels. The angels that fell from heaven came down to earth, and uh, the reason they were separated from, uh, quote-unquote, God was because they started having um, sexual relations with humans. Mm. So... It's kind of interesting, these otherworldly people coming to a place, uh, you know, forgetting justice and mercy, yeah, uh, you know, being sexually revolting and then being punished. This seems to be... Uh, like Lucifer. Yeah, yeah. If anybody's ever watched the Netflix show, Lucifer... Yeah, it's actually, it's that's what it's about. about. Uh, you yeah. know, it's about that old story of uh, Lucifer deceiving a third of the angels in heaven, quote-unquote. Of course, Kissing off his it's father. hard to say how literally to take this, but uh, as far as it goes, there is a correlation between this. Mm-hmm. And, I have a follow-up question. Yes. Um, the giant... So, in the Bible, there's people selling, like... Goat, their daughters in exchange for goats for marriage and you know having multiple wives what could have been so revolting sexually that the giants were doing that I don't know man eh? <laughs> <laughs> what could have been listen so I'm not here to answer those questions Chris I'm only here to point out these strange uh, correlations between Anomalous. cultures that are on the other sides of the world you know yeah because uh, the book of Enoch that came out in Ethiopia and uh, the Chronicle of Peru, this is a, an indigenous tribe in Peru that's telling almost the same exact story. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. Now, another one, another tribe, the Peyudis. The Peyudis are said to have an oral tradition that told of red-haired white cannibals, yet again, white cannibals, about 10 feet tall who lived in or near what is known as Lovelock Cave in Nevada. Uh, it is unclear whether this oral tradition about so-called uh, Sitka giants existed or if it was an exaggeration or distortion of their legends made after the Peludes were uh, mostly killed or dispersed in 1833 by an expedition explored by Joseph Walker. So we are getting over and over again from various legends mm-hmm. these white giants I mean, even that even screw everyone over. Day, they still depict them as white giants. F, uh, big BFG. Mm-hmm. That was one of the most recent. Good old rolled doll, right? Things, you know, like they're white. Like, why couldn't you have some doll? Because that's not how anything depicts them. <laughs> I yeah. heard one thing, like even for my native people, when we describe Sasquatch, we don't know if he's white or colored because he's covered in hair. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not meant to know. 
Yeah. And I mean, or maybe you are. But either way, that's unfortunately that's how they're depicted. <laughs> so, this is where we start getting into actual evidence of these things. Um, it is officially recorded that agents of the Bureau of Ethnology have explored more than 2,000 of these mounds, mounds in southeastern America. Um, are you familiar with the mounds in southeastern America? No, fill me in. Uh, so there's a ton of burial mounds in southeastern America. Um, mo- some of them aren't burial mounds. Some of them are, like, there's large trading cities, but they're very obviously man-made giant mounds from Arkansas to Mississippi to Missouri to, uh, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, Virginia. They're everywhere. Um, so they, they discovered, they searched and explored more than 2,000 of these mounds. Among the objects found in them were pearls in great numbers and some of very large size. It is a matter of official record that in digging through a mound in Iowa, the scientists found a skeleton of a giant who, judging from actual measurement, must have stood 7 feet 6 inches tall when alive. The bones crumbled to dust when exposed to air, Around the neck was a collar of boar's teeth, and across the thighs were dozens of small copper beads, which may have at once adorned a hunting skirt. So that's the that's the first piece of evidence I'm about I'm going over with you guys. But I have a a, a bit more. So first, Kentucky, from a mound on the farm of Edinburghs near Franklin, were exhumed in May 1841 at a depth of over 12 feet. Several human skeletons, one of extraordinary dimensions, was found between what appeared to have been two logs covered with a wooden slab. Many of the bones were entire. The under jawbone was large enough to fit over the jaw, flesh, and all of any common man to the present day. The thigh bones were full six inches longer than any of those in a man in Simpson County. Teeth, arms, ribs, and all gave evidence of a giant of a former race. And that's from the History of Kentucky by Lewis Collins. I don't even think that, like, the largest thigh bone is more than three feet. No. So, like, that's insane. And these are all the official ones, the ones that are, are, are proven yeah, to have been true. In, yes. you know, documentation uh, of these mm-hmm. things. By, by reputable sources. Uh, Joe Davies awesome. County in Illinois. The mounds on the bluff have nearly all been opened within the last two or three years. In all that have been opened, the excavators have found in the center pit that was evidently dug about two and a half feet below the original surface of the ground. The bones in this pit indicate a race of gigantic stature, buried in a sitting position around the sides of a pit, with legs extending toward the center. And that's from uh, the history of Joe Davies County, a book. Again, funny to say that. I mean, the originals. Well, so to speak, a lot of people in legend think that mm-hmm. the Nephilim or the giants were the originals of our land. And to think that we're just something handed down, so to speak, of them, it's not that hard to So then, near the original surface, 10 or 12 feet from the center of the mound, on the lower side, lying at full length upon its back, was one of the largest skeletons discovered by the Bureau agents. The length, as proved by actual measurement, being between seven and eight feet, it was clearly all it was all clearly traceable, and that's from the twelfth annual report of the Bureau of Ethnology. The twelfth annual report. Well, does it does it not make sense? Like I mean, we had giant ass dinosaurs, wouldn't there be some giant ass mm-hmm. people to hunt those giants? Here's what doesn't make sense: uh, archaeology is like denying all of this. this. Our, our current modern yeah, archaeology. Sorry, let me just say real quick. <laughs> yeah. No human it, dinosaurs existed about 65 million years ago, I believe. Uh, 
upright walking mammals started to come around many million, tens of millions of years after dinosaurs. So no Flintstone situation is probably like still likely. have. Another skeleton. We still have sharks. Yeah, but they're so, massive predators. That, but they've all changed. They've all so you know what haven't pla- changed in the past five million years? Fucking, us fucking idiots. No, no clams. <laughs> clams haven't changed. So clams sharks? are the masters. They're awesome. They're, they're smart. Sharks don't change. <laughs> They're Never change. Everything makes people horny. What are you talking about? I've seen trees that looked like someone maybe got busy on them. <laughs> Every time someone writes uh, four plus this Jenny person, plus like, I, I love, love you forever. Yeah, that's dedication <laughs> on the tree. That's uh, yeah, don't be a dick to trees, guys. We love them. Oh, that wait, has nothing I... to do with our conversation. Yeah, guys, vote for Chris Army for fucking Congress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Okay, you can have sex with a tree if you want to. I'm sorry. Hey, you know I feel like that's more more okay than any other sex with anything. Oh yeah, if you're gonna fuck a a be a living being other than a human, make or a tree. Animal, please. Yeah, don't tree. fuck a. I trees. No, nobody's worried about trees consenting. Oh come on, man! If it doesn't have a heartbeat, it's not living. Ah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, trees? Pulse every time you see the line from when you cut it down, the pulse has ended. <laughs> no, don't be a dick to trees. That was harsh. She's That's crying. what I said. That's what I'm saying. If you cut down a tree, you can see all its pulses it's ever had in its life, and it's oh, done wow. after you cut that one up. I never thought of you the rings of a out. tree as a pulse. That's fascinating. It's like a ripple yeah. of life. Matt's not. Matt's shaking. fucking over. Matt's shaking his head like no. 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 I have limited time, you motherfucker. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> if I had three hours, I'd totally talk about trees. I'd talk about cottonwoods, pine trees, apple trees, cherry trees. I'd go off. Fuck out of a peach tree. All right, all right. All right, Matt. All right, back to giant human skeletons. All right. And the pigs. Cannawall Valley, West Virginia. Uh, <laughs> in the remains of a bark coffin, a skeleton measuring 7.5 feet in length and 19 inches across the shoulders was discovered. 19 inches? 19 inches across the shoulders. Uh, yes. That doesn't seem that impressive. Yeah, but like seven and a half feet tall. That's kind of impressive, right? It sounds like a bean pole. Yeah, well, you, so a man the size of a bean pole. You have to double that. Do you have to? Is that the, the circumference of you oh, after we, that? He's only talking from shoulder to shoulder and roller dice measuring with the. I, that doesn't sound right to me. A dollar bill is six inches. Once again, that's from the Bureau of Ethnology. Now we go to Florida. All right, we'll move forward. We'll move forward. Uh, pursuing gonna, my yeah. investigations and excavating further toward the southeast face of the mound, I came upon the largest stone axe I have ever seen or that has ever been found in this section of the country. Close to it was the largest and most perfect cranium of a, mo- of a mound. Near uh, the side of the skull were the right femoris, the tibia, the humerus, the part of the radius with a portion of the pelvis directly under the skull. Anticipating a perfect specimen in this skull, I was doomed to disappointment. For after taking it out of the earth and setting it up, so that I could view the fleshless face of this gigantic savage 
in the space of two hours it crumbled to pieces, except small portions. According to measurement of the bones of this skeleton, its height must have been at quite seven feet. Again, annual report of the Board of Regents of the Smithsonian. Louisiana now. In the same line of abnormality was finding of one skull in which the detention reached the unusual number of 40 teeth. The increase consisting of eight additional incisors, the formation of the skull found in the Lardo Mound, as compared to those of other localities, is highly anomalous. The anomaly is, in these cases cannot be ascribed to artificial disfiguration, which means they didn't, you know, they didn't just uh, change their bodies up. Yeah. For were it such, the otherwise symmetrical development of other parts would be impossible. The remarkable conformation could not possibly have been the result of bandages or other external appliances, but was undoubtedly congenital. Publication of the Louisiana Historical Society. Um, now, I think the last one before I start talking about why we aren't hearing about all of this, the Etowah Yeah, Mount I need group. to know that. Mm -hmm. Grave A, a stone sepulcher 2.5 feet wide, 8 feet long, and 2 feet deep, was formed by placing seat-like slabs on edge at the sides of the ends and others across the top. The bottom consisted simply of earth hardened by fire. It contained the remains of a single skeleton lying on its back with the head east. The frame was heavy and 7 feet long. So... Uh, there is a ton, I mean, I mean a ton more information on this stuff. Uh, in fact, I think I've got a map here of uh, every skeleton that's been found in America that's more than seven feet tall. i got to know why we aren't hearing about this. Though. Well, anyways, there's more than 2,000 skeletons that have been found in America that are more than seven feet tall. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Essentially quite a bit what about how unreported it is. Uh, and, and one more... One more time, I'm going to go through some uh, newspaper articles. From uh, This one's from 1897, Maple Creek, Wisconsin, December 19th. One of the three recently discovered mounds in this town has been opened, and it was found the skeleton of a man of gigantic size. The bones measured from head to foot over nine feet and were in a fair state of preservation. The skull was as large as a half-bushel measure, so I, don't, I can't answer. <laughs> I don't know what a bushel is, guys. Some <laughs> British form of measurement mm -hmm. related to the size of um, of distended and especially enlarged. Uh, go ahead. So my point is, uh, all of these articles, 1885, 1882, 1904, across most of eastern uh, United States, um, they all talk about these discoveries that were found. Now everything seems to change around 1905, when this this guy freaking. Dr. Alice Hydrolica comes in. He was a Czech anthropologist, and um, he immigrated to the U.S. in 1881. Uh, now, a quote from him, And the giant and eight-foot skeleton is to the day the most stereotyped feature of any amateur report of a find of skeletal remains in Florida, as well as other parts of the country. All these reports, it may be said once and for all, are exaggerations. So here comes Dr. Hydrolica. He's my favorite doctor. Actually. And he decides, he decides to make the statement that all of these, uh, these 2,000 plus skeletons that have been found before the 1900s are all just over-exaggerations. Now, you know what's interesting about this. He made this statement around 1905, and the Antiquities Act uh, was put into, um, put into place in 1906. 
The Antiquities Act uh, was developed during the late 19th century, a period of public interest in archaeology and increasing concern for preservations of the United States. It establishes the protection of archaeological materials on lands owned by the U.S. The Act sets up penalties for the unauthorized, unauthorized collection of, or excavation of historic or prehistoric ruins or monuments situated on federal land. So it basically makes it so no one can excavate anything anymore legally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't even, like, if you find something in a garden bed on your, mm-hmm. on your reservation land, you may not know what the fuck it is, but mm-hmm. if you don't bring it to somebody to figure out what it is, they will overrun your land. It doesn't matter if that's been your family's land forever. They will tell you to move, and they will start <coughs> excavate, excavating that to make mm-hmm. sure that it maintains federal land. Sure. So that nobody can come, okay, this is ancestral land now. Nobody can ever live, grow crop, or touch this ever again. I don't care if you're native or white or if you have the highest ranking in the presidency of the whole fucking world. You can't touch that little square of land anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm against it. So <laughs> I want to raise the first, Let's get rid of this. That's what I'm going to say. The first the problem theory. Fortunately, at the same time, as many people that think that this is a bad thing there's just as many of us which is indigenous people Mm -hmm. we preserve it we agree with it because that's our culture Mm -hmm. if you find a fucking arrowhead in the dirt on the reservation just across the border of the reservation you bet your ass we're all over it because that's more land that we get to keep and say is ours for the rest of our lives because nobody else can touch it yeah. So, I'm for it. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go over this real quick. I think uh, the, there's only one theory I've read up so far as to why they would want to cover this up. And that's to uh, undermine the, um, the credit of Native peoples. Because if they came from a race of giants, then they, we aren't, they aren't the we savages. They aren't the savages that we, we uh, assume they were. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean... We're not anyway, but yeah. I get even more skeptical when NAGPRA comes in. Do you know about NAGPRA? I'm sure we have. So it's the uh, Native Americans Graves uh, and Reparations Act, which is, you know, on paper it sounds very good. It's like, all right, this means that uh, if any archaeologist comes upon, or anyone comes upon a grave of a Native American, they don't touch it, they leave it. You know, that is good. I understand the, the reason behind it is to protect the, the ancestors of uh, Native tribes. It's a really shitty situation now because most things are built over ancestral ba- burial grounds mm-hmm. throughout the United States. So it's a very, very, exactly. very fickle so timeline It's pretty interesting. <laughs> you find a grave, you leave it. Now, Amer- this is one of the only laws that's been passed by America that really protects Native Americans. However, when it comes to stuff like Dakota Access Pipeline, they're like, screw off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the first bill signed when Trump was president. Now, my theory <laughs> is that this Antiquities Act, this, um, this NAGPRA, which conveniently got passed uh, way too easily, I'd it say. It wasn't for us. It was for yeah. the government to hide everything. Exactly. It's to hide everything. I think they want to control the narrative of history. Part of our history. Uh, this, uh, so all these skeletons that were found, no one knows where they are. Uh, you go on Snopes, uh, they're going to say that, oh, yeah, people say the Smithsonian are hiding them. That's false. Because it's Snopes. They don't even really look into it. They, they kind of just 
glance over it. Now, why would they want to hide this all? That's the big question. What kind of narrative are they hiding? If we if we have found these seven they, foot, though? exactly. Who is they, and why are they hiding it? I mean, they try to take. We have a um, an area on the reservation that holds all of our antiques, everything that mm-hmm. means anything in our history. Spokane or Spokane tribe. Okay. Yeah. Um, at one point, we had the city trying to come and take our antiques because they felt our building was not doing these antiques justice. So they're setting up these qualifications for a healthy building for our antiques that Mm -hmm. we're already taking care of for eons and our own preserved rocks that still happen to be in the middle of, you know, our reservations that still have hieroglyphs on them Mm -hmm. and are preserved by fences and things like that. They tried to get them from us and our whole tribe had to fight to be like, no, you're not mm-hmm. taking our artifacts from our land so that you can take our fucking evidence. Mm-hmm. No, that's not, that doesn't blow over easy. Uh, so I get exactly what you're now, talking about. The and, government has been trying to take power away from tribal leaders and give it to federal authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you, you see the government uh, giving wiggle room for the tribes, that's when you kind of got to get a little suspicious. That's, that's the brush under the rug. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. Every time they tell us that we're getting reparation for our, our tribes, our water, our fish, our hatcheries, everything that they have destroyed agriculturally for us, it's just a big lump sum of money to keep us quiet for the next decade. Exactly. Until we figure out another thing to rise up upon or for. Like, now it's our missing and murdering indigenous women. How are you going to stop that one? There's a lot more fucking women in this world than you think mm-hmm. that are going to support this feminist right. This is another I, I think, right of uh, women missing. Native yeah, they're the highest demographic matter. of missing peoples in America. Yeah, like right? why do I worry every day when I leave the house by myself because I'm one of those women who could possibly be on that list of missing indigenous women. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be that. I'm a fight. Good. Um, so I've covered the gist of it. Um, there's plenty more uh, articles I can go over if you want. There's this nice picture of a skeleton of a mound builder, seven foot in length, found in the Serpent Mound in Peoples, Ohio. Well, let's see it. Just to, so I know we could continue to go over them. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm vague all over the place. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I guess what it comes down to is, is people's choice to rely on the veracity of these sources. Um, because we can't just go to the Natural History Museum and look at it. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm of the personal belief that um not a big conspiracy theory guy because I think, uh, as Lemony Snicket put it, it, the only way to keep a, two, a secret between two people is for one of them to be dead. And while I think that's hyperbolic, and there are conspiracies in, in real life, I just always, after seeing the clusterfuck that was the military and the federal government a lot of times, and any big organization... It just makes me very doubtful that any large group of people could conspire in in ways that impacted, you know, giant communities too much and keep it a secret for long term. Well, there's some things to uh, keep in mind here. A lot of the people that say they found these skeletons said they crumbled to dust as soon as they found them, Mm -hmm. which that's, you know, that would, A, mean those skeletons are very old. They didn't have a chance to mummify or anything like that. And, and B, like they just couldn't preserve. collect or preserve it. Uh, In your archaeology training, is that, a, is that a thing that happens? You'll take out a skeleton and it'll just crumble to dust? 
we're it's Nagpra, man. We can't even look at skeletons in America. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. skeleton we find is either a homicide or a, or a Native American. And if it's a Native American, we. I, I heard this story. I mean, for us Native Americans, we do not allow autopsies. It's a cultural thing. It's not something you. You're not going to be embalmed. You're not going to be preserved on fucking ice. Mm-hmm. No, we want to naturally go out the way that we came. So, autopsies and embalming and all that extra shit, you're not going to get any of that from Native people because they don't allow it. We're meant to come in one way and leave the other, you know, the same way we came in. So it's like. I heard a story from my professor once. uh, I don't know any Natives that are fucking. organ donators <laughs> we don't fuck with that shit we try to go out whole too <laughs> like if my arm is on the other side of the highway you go get that bitch <laughs> bring it back to my body please <laughs> that's what that's what my mom always tells me she says if i'm on the side of the highway get my arm get that bitch my mom says this sounds way ahead, better when you say that. so i heard this story about my professor once and how he was with some students and they came upon this uh you know, this thing in a cave. And as soon as they realized it was a burial, they just up and left. Because the more hands you get on that, the more trouble you're going to have with everyone. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of evidence for for what happens with a seven, 8,000-year-old skeleton anyways. I mean, most of the ones we find are, uh, you know, like the mummies in Egypt. They're well-preserved. Mm-hmm. You know, they had embalmers. They had their internal organs taken out so that they, you know... They stayed like that. Um, so it's a very tricky situation. Um, I mean, think about it. Half these bodies could have the cure to cancer. Yeah. I mean, maybe. how does a person go that long, growing that big, and not die at a super young age from a simple illness that we suffer from every day? Cancers, mm-hmm. uh, diseases that swept nations. I just away, want, swept want you guys to see the away. number of articles uh from before 1900 that there are about these giant skeletons. Well, I will say that um, it would be logical... All different places, all different times, all different writers. I'm not willing to buy in on the cover-up side of things, but I am willing to buy in that there are a lot of things. It's it's not talked about. It's not talked about in mainstream archaeology at all. Well, and it makes sense that in a scientific endeavor or in an educational setting... It, they wouldn't want to present you with like if if there's a generally agreed upon narrative, why bring up other ones? They're covering you know? up Paul Bunyan. <laughs> <laughs> the end of all of this. Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. It's all Fuck about it. Paul Bunyan. It was about Paul Bunyan all along. You uh, fools. There is one more thing I, I want to add. Um, <laughs> so uh, in Nazca, Peru, there was this body found that had three toes. And this was found. This was a. This was actually found. This is not a hoax. This is what was found. This was a mummy found in Peru, and it has three toes. It was buried like so. That seems fake to me. Yeah, I know it seems fake, but it was indeed found. Uh, there is. We have proof of this. Uh, there's sources, etc. Um. But yeah, this body is a real body that was once alive. For example, here we have the teeth from the upper arch. And there are ones from the lower arch. The skull with the remains of brain mass. This part here shows the lungs at the inside. This is the heart with the bronchus and the great vessels, lungs at both sides. This is still the heart. And here are four cavities and the bronchi that are preserved. Hmm. So it, it was found. 
It did exist. Uh, if we were trying to definitively prove or disprove this existence of these things, um, what would be a source that could be relied on if they said this is real or this isn't real? Well, they are What's saying a it's real. Source They're saying it's real. Articles? It's just uh, the question is, what is it? Is it just a deformed human, or uh, mm-hmm. that takes or was extensively it? a mm-hmm. lot more examination to find out if this thing was born that way rather than you know deformed that mm-hmm. way or went under some tragic situation that and when you're, you're dealing with mummies from you know two thousand years ago. Uh, it's hard to come up with a definitive conclusion. The only way you get a definitive conclusion is if you can extract bone marrow mm-hmm. from something. It does disappear quickly. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's something that's so, for humans in general, like when you have bone marrow, you can cure everything. But if you have bad bone marrow, you're going to find out all the bad things that can happen to humans and you can, you know, put them to the side or make it so that you can find cures for those things. But without bone marrow from eons ago there's a lot of things we won't ever know (laughs) and i think it was meant to be that way honestly like for bodies to just that'd be one of the first thing that goes so i actually meant to be that luckily found some uh, sources some actual legitimate sources from uh, archive.com and like a ton of uh, scholarly places of these skeletons that were found um but i want to go back to the native legends and uh, specifically that one and Peru, where they talk about these people arriving on ships uh, with those big steel plate-like eyes, and they're tall, and they have long hair. So far, honestly, the whole alien thing doesn't seem that crazy. Right? Yeah. From giants? Like, <laughs> that makes me think that giants are more like, of a... Either we're going straight biologically, and they were an evolutionary branch off of humans, like, uh, like I... Uh, hypothesized Sasquatch was or they came from elsewhere Mm -hmm. and so I don't know what to think about this right now this is everything I dug up in the three hours I had this morning so if I had more time to organize I would love to I'd love to put it in a more um, linear fashion yeah but uh, so far this is what I found and I think it's it's intriguing I don't know what to think of it myself yet it peaks question. Yes, it certainly peaks it, question. It's a conversation starter for sure. Like that, that's that shit. You walk into a room of stoners and you're like, "What's your guys' take on Nephilim?" Like, <laughs> see where the fuck it goes. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I'm that person that will walk into a room and be like, "Hey, how do you guys feel about butt stuff?" <laughs> True. This is a whole group of people who are like, "How that's do you the, feel about I'm butt the stuff?" I'm the icebreaker. I had we'll a, a, room a and friend be message like, me. Have you ever got jizz in your eye? Wow. Who hasn't? <laughs> Who ha- there's only there's only so many ways you can deal with. Um, uh, oh god! What's no it called? Now, if you get jizz in your eyes, do you get pink eyes? Glaucoma. That's it. Glaucoma. Glaucoma. <laughs> Just sending it back from whence it came, yeah. From back from whence you came. I definitely get it's where you're coming from as far as like. This is one of those things that isn't spoken enough about. Mm-hmm. It piques the fuck out of people's interest. You know, it's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a rabbit hole. I could definitely find myself getting caught up in some freaking YouTube videos about giants and Nephilim and how even they could relate to fairies and tiny small sprites and where, mm-hmm. how all this genetic fuck up shit happens in our 
world, but... <laughs> yeah. And, you know, once again, nearly every culture does talk about uh, giants in the past. I mean, so I it, grew it, up with the stories of Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, very normal to the Pacific Northwest on top of that, but for me, it's closer from to home. From your like, native perspective, what's the, uh, what's like the specific kind of legend, or are you able to share it? I mean, as far as giants go, it's Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Guaniti is what we call it in our Salish language. Um, like this like Spokane specifically, not how you pronounce Spokane. Mm-hmm. The Salish word for this land was Spokane. And because the you know, the migrating people could not say it right, that's what they turned it into. Spokane. So it was actually close with Spokane, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um as far as giants go, Sasquatch is our biggest one. It's a helping hand. A lot of people think of Sasquatch as this negative, big, scary, hairy fucking monster. And to us, it was a salvation. It was somebody who led us to better lands. Mm -hmm. Somebody who taught us how to migrate. Somebody who taught us how to fish and learn how to live off and within the land rather than on top of it. You know, and the way that we do as society, we have these big ass buildings that are almost unnecessary. You get the same fucking light from fire. You get the same heat from fire you get the same cooling from preserving your area or your tent or making sure that your windows are closed during the day and letting the cool air in at night like the simplest things that we just don't know how to fucking do anymore to us in our culture we're taught by sasquatch or squaniti or the big man that's pretty interesting i've never thought of it (laughs) as a a, i've never heard of it as like a teacher before so many other people think of it as the negative thing where we were raised as this is somebody who will warn you of bad things coming from the woods or protect you from bad things that come from the woods even if it's spirits you know Mm -hmm. they're they're like that medicine man in the woods that just is wise and knows how to tell all kind of situation where not everybody else thinks the same way they think that that big giant person is going to be the scariest person in the world. They're going to take over. They're stronger than us. They have willpower or whatever. I read of a Sasquatch sighting uh, on the reservation. I feel like um, I, I mean. Have you seen it? I believe that I have. I'm not even going to lie. I, like, I grew it. up on the reservation. We'd go and we cut wood down with my papa all the time. I grew up in a very, very strong family of females. So we used to go and cut down wood with my grandpa all the time. We'd go out there, and there was one time we all, it was getting, it was getting pretty late, dusk is coming, we're walking on back to the truck, and we stop, and we see something, like, crunching, like, not just, like, a normal person stepping on some branches and shit here. aggressively crunching. And not even being aggressive, but just walking like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But the sounds, and the crunching, and we grew up around bears and cougars, you know what sounds to be aware and listening for, even smells. You smell that rotting like stinky burnt hair smell you know it's not right (laughs) like there's no fucking other animal in the world that smells like that i've smelled cougars i know how Mm -hmm. to hunt you've smelled skunk you've smelled cougars when you smell a cougar it's more like rotting flesh because they just eat raw flesh so their mouths smell like they're rotting a bear smells like earthy berries shit it just smells like poop (laughs) it's probably shitting all over in the woods to me, Sasquatch is a smell that you can never fucking forget. It's burnt hair. Like, if you've ever accidentally singed your hair and you've smelt it, or, like, you burned your arm hairs and you might smell it a little bit, or you singed your nose hairs doing, you know, smoking weed on it. 
fucking your nose hairs. You Would you know describe it as like slightly wet dogish mixed with something yeah, else? Awful? Exactly. It's like someone singed a ball of hair and then tried to put it out under the water. Mm-hmm. It's a disgusting smell. It's gross. It's fucking nasty. But when you smell it for the first time, you'll know. <laughs> you'll fucking no. know. <laughs> Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, even... I wanted to give myself chills just, like, thinking about the fact that this is something I specifically believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I grew up with these legends, and these are things that keep kids from going and playing in the woods at night. Like, you're fucking playing with it, you go and whoop your ass. I, Send you on back to your parents. I mentioned this on the last podcast I was in, but, like, most people that have had sightings of this thing, they're not able to go back in the woods for, like, 20 years. Um, I mean, I was taught not to be scared of it with my legends. It's one of those things. It's like, okay, well, I'm welcome to the woods. Mm-hmm. I have Squaniti there to protect me and to guide me and make sure that I don't lose sight of what I'm there for. Whereas other people are like, man, if I go into the woods, you don't snatch me out, throw me against a tree. Like those stupid fucking. Uh, well, he's mad at the white people. No, the jerky <laughs> commercials. Yeah, uh, yeah. beef jerky. Or? A lot of yeah. a lot of natives had some issues with that. People who actually believe that he is not a bad situation or like a bad um, character, a lot of people call it. Like, well, you guys are also raised to like, respect it too. Yeah, to um, respect your boundaries, to know where to press on, where not to press on. Like, I don't know. It just so when a lot of people saw that commercial and they're like, "That's kind of fucked up," you know. <laughs> like, we don't see Sasquatch as that person who's going to grab this dude because he took his meat or be like. But maybe that's even a better selling point because they're like normally he's pretty cool until you take his beef jerky. I mean, does it, does it work when society already thinks of him as a negative? That's fair. Well, me and me and Squatch are cool, man. I'm, that's the homie, man. You that's know, my I dude. Give, I give him the best shampoo so his hair don't smell. Yeah, so that burns. <laughs> I'm the reason it burns. I've not I've not seen it or had any experiences myself, but my dad saw footprints in the Olympics when they were like three miles off trail. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to be like, oh, these humans these humans think they got some shit. I run all you under. <laughs> I wrote a rap song and performed it. It's on audio on my friend's computer about a threesome with Sasquatch and the Loch Ness Monster. I get really concerned at how many times you believe your lies. <laughs> <laughs> that audio is out there. It's on my, I will it text really? him. I will text him and I'm going to do it on the air right now. I'm going to be like, hey, who did I write a song well, about? I think this Sasquatch topic has run its course. <laughs> no, I need to prove I'm not a liar. I'm on this. I'm sending uh, it. He's going to keep talking uh, while you I mean, I, you guys do that. I, I could it. go over more articles of all of these uh, skeletons found. And I will say that hoaxes were, in fact, common in, uh, you know, in the 19th oh, yeah. century. But there's just too many of these that are very specific. I mean, I mean, you specifically know nowadays, like everybody's ready to air everybody's dirty laundry out. So oh yeah, you know what's real and fake. Like, I mean, here I is it. one I I will share. Uh, December eighteenth, eighteen sixty-eight, Sauk Rapids, Mississippi River. Uh, the head measured thirty-one point five inches in circumference. The grave was twelve feet long in limestone, completely petrified. Twenty-six point two five inch femur, 25 and a half inch fibula, 59 inches around the chest. Uh, the actual height of the, the thing inside was 10 foot 9. Uh, oh. Missing the left foot from ankles to toes. Uh, remains sent by unknown gentleman to Boston. 
Here's, um, here's an idea, guys. I'm five foot six and three quarters, and I have a about 31 waist, 20, maybe 29. And to think that that waist is the same size as this thing's head. Mm-hmm. His fucking head. Th- what do you say, 31 in circumference? 31.5 inches circumference. 31.5 inches in circumference. Your hips do not even separate enough to have a child at that that fucking head size big. <laughs> yeah. So when you get to these uh, these talks of hoaxes, it's like, well, how many specific numbers and specifics, like a missing left foot from ankles to toes and uh, thumb and fingers on on the left hand missing? How many of these specifics are we going to go through until until? Like, Someone finally believes in yeah. Well, look, I'm believes. not willing to say definitively that this isn't true. I'm just trying to say that the evidence isn't convincing that it is. We don't have physical we don't evidence. Know. We don't There's know no of logos. the physical evidence. Yeah, exactly. There's no pure set in stone in our mm-hmm. books today logic telling us that this is something we need to learn. Definitely. There's we'll only a few reputable that. sources that report discovering these large skeletons and even then... Believe, believe in God because there's a whole fucking book on it. That was my favorite thing. Is so that if was, there was a whole book on Nephilim and it was actually <laughs> taught in school or Giants or Sasquatch, people would oh. probably have a little more belief in it. But just in the mere fact that that's something they don't want us to know mm-hmm. makes me even more interested in it. The fact that you didn't teach it to me in school makes me more interested as to why you didn't teach that to me in school. They don't teach you how to do your taxes <laughs> in school. Just keep that oh. in mind. Well, they Unless you go to business math. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they taxes. shouldn't have this to. Is the, yes, no, this, <laughs> this country has the most difficult tax system in the entire world, bar none, because... The Republicans want to keep it where it's di- where you're pissed off. You have to fill out fill out your taxes. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of people that just use the automated online situations Turbo to get tax. ripped off. Turbo I tax. I got ripped off through Turbo deal. Tax. Okay, we're at fifty six thirty. We have to end it in the next three minutes. Yeah. Or... No, no, we're we're about Turbo we're about tax. done here. I mean, I would love to do a follow up on this with uh, yeah with uh, more points that are hopefully uh, less scatterbrained because this, mm-hmm. believe it or not, was even more scatterbrained can, than last time. We'll do a part two. Bring a friend that is actually scatterbrained though, that like full on <laughs> believes in conspiracy theories to just add that extra fuck you moment. We could just do <laughs> meth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Good, good. I've never done that shit before. You know, Um, I'm not about that life. All right. I'm not that gangster. Uh, Let's close it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not that typical of a native. Uh, uh, Guys, put away the the crystal light. Stop sorting crystal light, for God's sake. Like, Um, isn't that a jab at my own people? Yeah, I fucking hope so. Get off the drugs, homies. Native pride. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're closing it out. Uh, before before we close go this ahead. out, uh, to any of my professors that I hope to God are not listening. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I, I don't believe... 100% that they were large skeletons. <laughs> uh, however, I am skeptical that's that there fair. was. Uh, that's all. <laughs> okay, good. No, look, that's. I'm not. I didn't create this podcast to rebunk anything or prove something, and I didn't create it to disprove things or debunk things. 
I created it to create an open dialogue with interesting people who are passionate and uh, to learn and have fun. So I think this podcast is a very good icebreaker. You know, like you, you might listen to this uh, this podcast, not oddcast. Sorry, um, that's although that's a good name for it, oddcast. Hmm. You might listen to this before your first date and things to talk about. Like, I mean, the next topic should be I literally have a date after this. And conceiving. <laughs> nice. Fuck. We're down to a minute 15. Yeah, nice. Good on you. I do, actually. Matt has a date. So, send good luck for Matt today, you guys. He's going on a date. Pray for him. Um, yeah, pray for me. Um, if you do get laid, it's not gonna happen. Don't be silly. Wrap your willy. Don't be dumb. Wrap your dong. Hey, no, um, I'm all about abstinence. It's 2019. Save it for Jesus, baby. That's right. Woo! Wait, who's that guy? We're both uh, virgins. <laughs> oh, hey, Zeus. He was, a, he was this Jewish giant. He was more giant in a metaphorical sense, but we're down to really the last 35 seconds. 35 seconds. <laughs> Thank you all so much, Mount Olympus Gardens, White Claw, um, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Uh, Next time we're, we're going to be talking about dreams and how they can predict the future. Shout out to Matt's uh, Yeah, life. I'd love that. Or ghosts. Ghosts. We should actually... Con- okay, wait, there's no time. I'll tell you after. Love you all. Mwah. One